This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Winter is here, and I encourage you to save your back this year. Contact Keller's today and get a quote for residential or commercial snow removal. And also, it is never too early to start thinking about spring. COVID has put a delay on so many things. Do not delay in getting yourself set up with one of the best in the business when it comes to getting your yard looking its best. Visit Keller's at their location on Kern Street in Exeter, Pennsylvania, just down the street from Blue Ribbon Dairy, or head over to their social media pages for more information. Welcome to the PopGo Project Podcast, a platform for the discussion and discovery of arts and entertainment. We focus on highlighting people and events that add value to the world around us. Visit us on all social media platforms by searching The PopGo Project or visit our website at thepopgoproject.com. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for listening. You get that? Recording in progress. Yeah. Serious. And it asked me if I was okay with that, basically. And you say yes. I did. Okay, cool. I mean, it was, it was a hesitant yes, but I said yes. All right, watch what you say. This is recorded. All right. And we'll be pushed out to the millions of people. Better Around. be careful. You think you're selling houses now? Sweet. <laughs> That's all I need. More calls. Yeah. Well, I'm hanging out with Carmen Winters, realtor extraordinaire. <laughs> I appreciate that. That was nice. Yeah. yeah. You, uh, I mean, you sold me uh, two houses. Two houses and we, and we sold one. Yeah. We, well, you, you sold me one, then we sold it, and then I bought a, the new one. Yeah. Where I'm at now. But yeah. uh, we'll, like, we'll get in. The bar it looks great there. It, yeah, right. This is, this is the selling point. It was uh, this was uh, the rustic kitchen or Panera bread. Was Panera bread? No, not not Panera bread. Rustic kitchen or something else. I forget. I had two comparisons for this place though. <laughs> but yeah, I've been using this as my backdrop for almost two years now, a year and a half. Yeah. But uh, the, like I'm used to seeing you like with, with that backdrop now. Yeah. Who who would I be if I didn't have this backdrop? Yeah. But uh, I met Carmen, but you know, before he uh, became a, a successful realtor, um, and we'll get into that. But I met you during our time at the Weekender, yes. and the Weekender, for anyone who doesn't know, was at one time the leader or you know the Bible, so to speak, for arts and entertainment in northeastern Pennsylvania. I keep saying R.I.P. I'll keep saying that till it's actually dead for good. I think it prints once a month now on a Just Thursday. Fun. I just saw a copy of it the other day. I, I, I stopped at um, I stopped at Jersey Mike's for a sub for lunch. Okay, and uh, it was in there. I was like, oh man, I haven't seen one of these, and I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I didn't flip through it, but um, it was it was present, and uh, it was the first time I had seen one in, in a long time. Well, it only take you like six seconds to flip through it. Yeah, I, I, I know. I've been I've been following your other uh, some of your other guests, and I know that um, it's just. It's certainly just not the product that it was, at least as I remember it either, you know, and, and uh, I don't know at what point, you know, during the years that I was affiliated with the product, you know, if that was the heyday, I remember, you know, certain weeks were just, you know, crazy, especially this time of year coming up with St. Patrick's Day. It was just 
it was a, that was like the kickoff. Like we were kind of in a lull January, February. That's the, I think that's the case with most businesses, but yeah, yeah. it was it was getting ready for St. Patty's Day, and that was kind of like the start of the the craziness. You're right. Yeah. And I mean, like I, I think there's a lot of reasons why it doesn't exist the way it, it you know did, and it's you know a lot because of the internet. Um, you know, places started advertising their you know what was going on for free on their social media pages. So, you know, it is what it is. I just don't know. I don't know why, like, I just don't agree with it just being like, because it stopped printing like a month or two before the pandemic hit back in like January of 2020. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and then, it, you know, it didn't pick back up until probably six months ago. And it, it was, you know, they, they were putting it out like the last Thursday of the month. And I just don't understand that the, the whole concept of a weekender, you know, put out on a Thursday once a month. Yeah. Yeah. Seems, you know, I, I, it's just different now. I mean, it used to be as you, as, as you've well documented, I mean, it was like, you know, it was the Bible. It was, it was what you, you know, you grabbed one. It was like, okay, what's going on this weekend? Let's make our game plan. And it's just not, it's just so, you know, the, the spread of information now is just so different. And that's really probably the reason why it's, you know, yeah. It's no longer what it is. Just let it die. That was what I'm saying. Just let it die. Yeah. Like, let's have some dignity for the people like me and you. Yeah. Come on. Well, yeah, you were a young man. Bat, you were a, a student at Wilkes University. I was. A young, young intern. I, I was somehow your like advisor or your like overseer or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, right. I remember thinking like, you know, it was all it was all very positive and I didn't really know what to expect. And and uh and so I'm trying to think of how, how that actually came to be that I, oh, probably through Sharon Castano. Oh yeah, of course. So, um, you know, and Sharon was great. You know, she was just one of those people that you'd see on campus and just, she'd say, Hey, how's everything going? What, what, what are you up to? And, and you just chat for a few minutes and, you know, we got to know each other a little bit and an opportunity arose with the weekender. And I remember her saying, I, I think you'd be a really good fit there. Why don't you, uh, why don't I set you up over there for an interview? I was like, yeah, that sounds amazing. And again, at the time you have to remember, you know, I, I like to be, you know, social and talking to people and out there. And, and I remember, you know, that to me was like, this is like a dream internship. Like I get to <laughs> go out and, and socialize and hang out at bars and meet people and, and, uh, and get credit for school. This is going to be amazing. So, uh, I remember, you know, being really excited about it, but also not sure what to expect. And I remember you were like, I think it was probably you and maybe, um, I think who else interviewed me. I don't know if Rachel did or if she was involved or if it was someone else, but you were probably like the first person I met there. Yeah, it's funny. I have a great memory, but I don't remember interviewing you. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. I, I, and but what was it? it? Was you? It was Sean Iker, and was it Bridget O'Connor? Was it the three? Yeah. Yep. Great. And, great intern and, class. It was. It was great. And and Lauren Stevens was with us too. And so right. was. Uh, and um. And we had um. Was it Ashley Gibson? No, she was before. She was one before us, I think. Or, or one after, but she was around that time too. There were four of you. Yeah. Was it Chris, the photographer? Are you thinking of? No, but but I remember Chris. Yeah, he was there too. I don't oh, know. There. Yeah, it's probably Rachel and I who interviewed you, or just Rachel, and she gave me to whoever. You know, here, take these guys. Yeah, yeah. take these kids. And just you know, make sure they don't hurt themselves. Yeah. <laughs> we almost did probably. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did on the couch, if you remember that. Um, Dude, I mean, there's two moments of your internship that 
have me dying every time I think of it. And it's you falling in the office oh. over the couch. Um, I don't even know how that happened. You just your foot got stuck in the middle and <laughs> right down. <laughs> and it was like, not at all gracious. I couldn't catch myself. It was, yeah, it was a bad one. And, yeah. and, you know, and I know like, uh, you know, even if you ask like Nikki and Janelle and, and uh, Tiffany, I mean, they would certainly all remember that too. It was like, everybody was in the room. Yeah. I think we were, I think we were there to like, maybe count like weekender awards or something. Reader's like. choice. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think we were all there for that. So it was like everybody there trying to like chip in. Cause at that time it wasn't done digitally. Right. So we were right. like collecting paper and trying to sort it all out. Yeah. That was 2007. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's like forever ago. Well, so I was, it's so funny. I was just upstairs uh, and uh, I was just thinking about this and I was like, geez, I, I'm so excited to talk to John. You know, we, we do to stay in touch regularly, but you know, uh, not necessarily in a, in a film format, but I was thinking about it and I was like, God, I, we've known each other for 15 years. Like, I can't believe I can say that. And it makes me feel really old, you know, and I'm, I don't feel very old, but I'm 36 and I'm like, wow, geez, that was 15 years ago. Like I, yeah. can't, I can't get over that. It's but, wild. It like, and it's funny that you said it too, because I was thinking the same thing. Uh, and 15 years ago, it doesn't sound like that long ago, but like, it feels like forever ago. Yeah. Got oh, 15 years. No big deal. But yeah. it was it was forever ago. Yeah, but if you said that when you were like eighteen, which at that point you seem like, oh, I've I've been around so long. <laughs> years ago, pal, you were three. So yeah, you know, it's like, true. Seems like that stretch is like fifteen years. Oh, it's got to be so long. And but then again, you know, and I say this, I think we, you and I have talked about this in the past too. Like the years of like, I don't know, two thousand ten to like two thousand fourteen. Like I. <laughs> they don't like exist i don't yeah i don't even know like i couldn't distinguish one you know it's just all seems like it was just all mushed together and it went by fast and and then i was well, married and now two kids and so it's <laughs> kind of like that that timeline just really sped up during that period yeah well i mean i think for me and i'll say this out loud because i know my wife probably won't listen to this but um she might <clears throat> she won't <laughs> she's like yeah i'm supportive from afar uh (laughs) it's funny jesse didn't know that um i was going to be on on film i'm like i'm not really sure where i'm going to do this she's like what why does it matter i'm like oh because it's like it's a podcast like i'm going to be i'm going to be like on there yeah put you all over facebook and youtubes yeah all the tubes all the tubes (laughs) (laughs) not the bad ones though not the bad ones no not the r-rated versions oh no no. but no uh I, i feel like before i met her and like even the first like couple years that we were together, um, I remember things. But like I, a lot of my life and a lot of my memories are um, formed around like events. Yeah. Um, I could tell you when a CD was, was released, like within like probably a month or two, even sometimes to like the week or even a few days. And it was because like there was always something going on. Like we were, it was like a weekend or event, or maybe it was a different girl you were seeing, or like all these things that like kind of like were like marks in your life that like I could just kind of form memories around. And then when I started seeing Amanda for you know two, three, four, or five years, it's just kind of still here. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> we're know. Doing the same shit, you know. Yeah, you're exactly but right. I know. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, if you've, you've uh, seen my wife and way too attractive for me, way too smart for me. I don't know what I did to deserve it, but I am not going to ask questions. I am not going to 
I'm not going to say otherwise. I think you hit it on the head there. You've you've done extremely well for yourself as far as your home life is concerned. Yeah, she's great. Amazing. You know, beautiful, intelligent, um, a great mom, you know, which I yeah. interact with Lincoln. So it's, yeah, it's just, uh, just a great thing that you have. I'm really, you know, I think we, we've always had this kind of mutual respect for each other. And um, I think it's, I think it's amazing what, what you've built for yourself. Yeah. And, and, and you too, I mean, um, the success you've had as a, as a realtor in the, the last, I mean, you know, four or five years, and we're going to get into how you got there, but it's just been um, so great to see um, you yourself married with two kids now. I think your son was born around the same time as mine, your first oh, one. Pretty close. So Jack will be four, uh, actually next week. Right. Um, okay. So the 22nd. And, um, and so, yeah. So when's, when's Lincoln's birthday? He's and Lincoln, with Lincoln turned four just the uh, end of December. So yeah, that within two and a half months. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Charlie just turned two, um, last month. So they're, they're, they're almost two years apart. And, yeah. um, yeah, it's, yeah, as you know, it's been, <laughs> We have our we have our ups and downs. It's it's <laughs> amazing. I love it. Uh, I always I always love your stories of of the the, the battles that we, you know we face as parents. You know, it's just yeah common. Funny, uh, Jesse and I were going to a concert tomorrow night, and um, my mother in law is watching the kids, and uh, they're sleeping at her house. And I was on my way home from work earlier. I had to you know I had to go in today and <clears throat> do some stuff. And she said, uh, "Hey, um, you know." can you run to, uh, we had to order something for Jack. Uh, she said, can you run to target and pick it up? I said, yeah, no problem. It was, it was already there. And on my way home, I, I texted her. I said, are we, you know, we all good at the house. What do we need? She said, I just need help packing their bags for tomorrow. I was like, yeah, no problem. I'll help you when I get back. She's like, well, I hope you will. Cause I just, I just argued with a four-year-old for 25 minutes about underwear. I'm like, all right, well, when I get home, I'm roll up the sleeves. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to chip in. We'll have, figure it out. But that's, you know, these are the types of things that you do now. So. Yeah, we've been really fortunate. Like Lincoln, you know, I hear stories like that, and he's never. I think I, and maybe I just it's like twice because I haven't documented. But there was only like two times he was like really just like like we gave him a broken cracker, and it was like at the end of the day, and that just wasn't going to fly for him. Yeah, he was he was young, but he he's never like he's not. I don't know what it is about him. He's just not like phased. I guess I could say. Yeah. No. See, Jax is very like you know, he's, he's, everything's gotta be, it's gotta be a certain way, you know, like, and if you, if you deviate from that, even a little bit, like you try to just like pull the wool over his eyes and be like, ah, oh, he'll never notice <laughs> instantly. Like he's on you about it. And it's like, yeah. how, why, how are you so attentive to detail? Like, how is this possible? Yeah. But it's, it's how he is. Yeah. I think it's the same way, but he just like, kind of like, I'll be like, why is that not there? And then it's just kind of like, okay, whatever. Yeah. So he, so he, he takes it though, but that's, that's kind of how you are. Like you're very, you cut, you always have a real <laughs> even feel. Yeah. You're like, yeah. you have a sway about you in that regard. I've been told that. Yeah. I've been told that. I get that every now and then. Yeah. But I think that's what makes, you know, I think that's why you've had a, you know, a successful career in sales and building relationships and, and all those things is because I, I think that's helpful. And I think it, that, you know, the demeanor that you always have seems to put people, you know, at ease and, and they, they can build a relationship with you in that way. Yeah. You remember Car- uh, Carmen, uh, you remember Kieran, right? Yeah, of course. Kieran Inglis. Yeah. He, uh, we were on a sales call when he was like, he's a- by the way. What's that? 
he is he is he in the restaurant business? No, yeah, he, him and his wife they bought the White House Diner. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a great place. Yeah, yeah. Shout out White House Diner. Shout out White House Diner. I have yet to get over there. But now that I know for sure that he owns it, I'd like to support him. Yeah, that's a uh, great. Place. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but uh, when he was one of my sales guys, um, he always used to say that I would like basically mind fuck people and like not in a bad way but like we would be talking and i would present what we were like you know the 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 pitch or whatever it was and we were just kind of like they would be quiet and i would just stare back at them like and we were just kind of like okay yeah we'll do it and he's like how the fuck did you just do that bro i you know i I showed them what we had to offer they liked it and they said okay yeah yeah but i think i think it's that they trusted you with that you know like yeah you were never one to well, I always tried to like take things to people that made sense. You know, you would never go and pitch, um, you know, a golf show or a, you know, whatever kind of thing to, you know, uh, I don't know, name it a, a florist or something. I don't know, whatever. You can right. probably spin it which way, you, you know, any which way you could, but you get the idea. Yeah. 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 But so, yeah, you were an intern at the weekender 2007. And then you graduated, I think, like a year or so later. Yeah. May 2008. Okay. And then uh, where did you go? I mean, I, I, I kind of remember, but I kind of don't. Yeah. So, so for a period of time after graduation, so my sec, I, you know, if you remember, there was, you know, they always wanted you to do at least one internship, preferably two. So after I did the, after I, my time uh, at the weekender was done, I, I picked up a second internship, which was, which was a paid internship um, through uh, a group called Instructors Network. But Instructors Network also had a website, a local website called mynepa.com. Yes, and so and so, um, I'm looking. It's funny because I was thinking about this earlier too about kind of my my career history and 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 my NEPA really. If you look at some of these local sites now, like Discover NEPA, right? Like that's really what the goal was for that. And 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 looking back on it now, like 14, 15 years ago, which is crazy to say again, um, it just wasn't. It just wasn't there. The business community wasn't necessarily you know fully buying into that yet. Um, but, but, but having, you know, profiles for, you know, um, businesses, venues, kind of like a, you know, a, a, a sort of a built-in social media into a local website. That's kind of what the goal was at that time without really, you know, without really knowing that now, now knowing what products are out there and, and what different sites that are exist. Um, that was really the kind of the summary of what, of what the goal was for that product. But also, you know, that company also did, um, you know, instructor-led training for pharma in the pharmaceutical industry. So we would, for example, um, create um, sales training material um, <clears throat> that would that would be instructor-led for sales force of a of a pharma company. So, for example, we would do like a what's called a train the trainer event. We would bring you know maybe thirty trainers. This is I, I didn't even know this industry existed. <clears throat> we would bring thirty software trainers into a room for a long weekend train them over three days on what the product was. And then those trainers would actually go out and meet with, um, you know, those, those, let's say pharma reps or medical sales reps and, and actually train them on how to use their own software, um, that they can adapt to their, you know, their, their sales force. So it was, it was really a, that was a unique side of the business and also did, you know, um, uh, website development. So those were the types of services that we were, you know, able to offer. And that was kind of the, the backbone of the company, but the kind of the pet project of the, of the owner at the time was, you know, he really wanted a, a local website uh, that showcased 
events, businesses, uh, all the local affiliated sports teams, high schools, all those things. And so, um, looking back on it again, it was a, you know, it was kind of ahead of its time in terms of, of what's available today and kind of the buy-in that we've had from all these different sites now. Yeah, it was really difficult because even like the weekender, we, we tried to enter a digital landscape and, you know, a few different things happened. I think it was, you know, there was never a financial, are you drinking up here? I'm enjoying a, a Sam Adams cold snap. Um, it's, a, it's a nice seasonal beverage that, that we like around the house this time of year. I'm a big Sam Adams fan. I'm That's drinking good. water. Water. No beer for you this evening, John? No. I, <laughs> I'm recovering from uh, uh, there was a, a 24-hour stomach bug that oh. I believe that I had. I had it as well. I, maybe. Maybe the same one. Yeah, I don't know. I was I haven't been this sick in a long, long time. This was Tuesday. Um this was Tuesday like late night, like midnight to six AM. I was up the entire time, back and forth in the bathroom, you know. Gross as it sounds, both ends. <laughs> it was bad. I remember when I woke up and I'm like, I can't go to work. I called off like legit sick for the first time and I don't know how long. Yeah. Um, and then like I laid in bed all day and my entire body hurt. Like my, my knees hurt, like every like all my joints hurt, my freaking teeth hurt. Yeah. And I'm like, is this the flu? And I ruled out COVID because I was the vomiting was not uh, a COVID symptom, I don't believe. But um, you know, as the day went on, I mean I was in bed all day. As the day went on, I, I uh, started feeling better and I think I ate soup and a piece of toast come like seven o'clock. Had some Gatorade in bed by nine. Woke up today and felt, felt a lot better. I uh, I had something similar. Um, I'm trying to think of when this would have been about about a month ago, I'd say, and uh, maybe a little less, but a month it was three weeks, something like that. And um, it was like two or three days. I felt horrible stomach bug. I didn't eat anything. I remember jo- like joking with my all my all my buddies about like. I was like, I think I'm down like eight pounds. I'm like, I gotta do this like, <laughs> I can do this a couple of times a year, maybe. This is great, um, but it was a it was a brutal couple of days. And of course, you know, uh, the slack has to be picked up at home by, you know, by my wife, and she's, yeah. she's dealing with me, who's you know, whining about being sick, and the and the kids are at a hundred, and so I, I give her a lot of credit for uh, for always uh, you know stepping up to the plate when I'm being a baby about being sick. I know they're the best. Yeah, and they always they always remind us how what what babies we are. Yeah, well, that too. Man cold. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that you were feeling sick. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, tr- I'll drink a Sam Adams. In yeah, your drink, drink one for me. And that was the same. So <laughs> I told you I was, I've been auditioning for a reality show. I can't tell you what it's called. I can't tell you what network it's on. I can't tell you anything because I, I, I already received emails that said, you know, please don't talk about it. Okay. Uh, so, but yeah, it's wild. Well, I hope that, you know, whatever that happens to be, I hope, I hope it's something that, you know, is of interest to you and that you're excited about it. And well, I mean, the timing is not great. Um, you know, there would be filming soon ish and we have Disney planned in April at the end of April. So I don't know if that's what date are you going down there? Uh, April. April 23rd through the 28th. So I will also, this is, this is unbelievable. All right. We are also going to Florida during that period. And 
we're not going to Orlando, but we're staying, you know, within a drivable distance. And we've decided that we are definitely going to Disney for a day. So we should absolutely plan to meet yeah. up there with the kids. It'll be so fun. That would be fun. Yeah. I just got better. If I'm not, you know. Right. You know, I don't know. So, I, I mean, it's not something I want to postpone. Uh, it's not something I want to miss because right now it's me, my wife, my son, and my mother's coming with us. Um, yeah. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be his first time there. And this was supposed to happen in April of 2020, but you know, obviously COVID hit and then it got pushed back to October 2020 and then it got pushed back again. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, but it's like one of those things. It's like, I mean, do I say no? Like, if I get to that, I mean, because I've been like, I thought for sure they would have like just stopped contacting me since we started. Cause I had to, I had to like, answer. Like, I'm not that interesting. What, what, what? I'm not, I'm not at all. Like, I'm like, I, and I said that too. I'm like, this is, this is weird. And um, so I answered questions. I had to do like a, a short video. Um, then I had an hour long like phone call. And then, um, next thing I know, they're saying, okay, we want to move forward and schedule a Zoom interview with you. It's two and a half hours long, which was this past Tuesday. Right. Um, which was when we were supposed to we were supposed to record this. But right. um so yeah, so then even after that, they've been like asking for more things and asking me to fill out this and fill out that. Like, so I guess they had to get all this stuff together to do a a, a reel and you know, submit to the the producers and things like that i imagine at that point it would go no further but here we are wow well i think it's amazing what i mean like i said whatever it is i hope it's <laughs> hope it's something i can watch that's what that's really the bottom line i hope yeah. I, I love to see yeah it. but uh so yeah the last couple of days have been a little bit of a whirlwind like i got i got pretty pretty buzzed up during the interview i'm like i can't do this sober like if they want me at my best like the unfiltered johnny like i have to <laughs> I probably yeah. had a, I probably had a couple too many, but well, so then I woke up like you know, yeah, and, and I thought maybe it was just like oh maybe I had something you know bad to eat, and I mean like I wasn't like hammered or anything that to the point where I was you know really sick, so I woke up I you know threw up things like that, but then it kept happening, and I'm like this is something else is going on here. Yeah. But my biggest concern was passing it along to my wife or child. You have to think about these things now. Yeah, but. I'm sorry, we kind of got off topic there. We were talking about, you know, the, the like the internet back in, you know, I think it was 2009, 2010. Well, uh, you know, we kind of like for us, I mean, the weekend I was trying to enter this digital space. Um, and we didn't get a lot of support financially from the powers that be. Like, they're like, go do it, like sell ad space online. Um, and then, you know, just to try and make it compelling to try and drive traffic to the site. We did things like the weekend recessions and, and things like that is, you know, so we had more than just, well, here's the, here's the weekender issue online, you know, like you can buy an ad around it. Um, but we, we didn't get really financial support from, like I said, the powers that be. And at the time, a lot of people just didn't get it. They're like, well, I've been in the weekend for, you know, 10, 15 years. Like, why would I do this? I don't want to do that. Like this works. And I don't want to like kind of, you know, go outside of that, that world. Yeah. And I, so, I, I said to a lot of people too, like the whole, you know, especially during my time when I, when I worked there, um, the entire newspaper industry as a whole, you know, not, not, not at the local level, not with the times leader or citizens voice or Scranton times or, but you know, 
the, the big players around the country and, and really probably around the world, you know, unfortunately let the cat out of the bag regarding free content for so long that trying to then recapture that in some capacity, it was just such an uphill battle. So, uh, you know, regarding now, you know, you're seeing some, some papers with, with paywall and, and, th- and that's becoming just kind of more commonplace, but it took, I mean, it took 15 years for this to happen. Yeah. And so I think, you know, introducing, you know, uh, online ads and, and, and paid content, which, you know, the content should be, you know, supported by the community. They, right. Like everybody's yeah. read an article, but yet they don't, they don't necessarily want to pay for the, the person who, you know, took the time, energy and resources to make that happen. And, uh, and so certainly the, the content is worthwhile to be, you know, to be paid for. And, and I've always been a, been a proponent of supporting the, the papers. I think they're, they're a necessity, whether, whether the format needs to be printed or not. I think there's, you know, yes and no regarding that. I think people have different points of view on that. Some people just, uh, whether it's just their, their daily routine, right. They just, they, I like to flip through the paper. I like to touch it. I like to have my coffee and read the articles and, and do that as opposed to sitting in front of my computer or on my phone. Um, but I, but I think the content itself, right. Like what you're reading, you know, is, is worthwhile of, of being, you know, people being compensated for that. And so, mm-hmm. But I think, uh, like I like we said, I think you know, years and years ago, when 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 all of a sudden the, you know, you paid for a paper, but then could read the same content online for for nothing, for so long, it just it just set a precedent that was really hard to recapture then. Well, that's like everything. I mean, you had music at one point being free online, so then the, to try and get people to pay for it, and you know, now you're paying ten, eleven bucks a month for an unlimited, you know, isn't that amazing? Yeah, I mean, catalog of music. It's just like. Right. And you'd run to like, you'd run to like, you know, gallery of sound or Dude. Wall or something. Right. And paid like 20 bucks for a CD, you know, that was my like, favorite. It was my favorite thing to do. Like yeah. when they came out on Tuesdays, like the new releases were on Tuesdays. Now they're, I think they're Fridays. I can't remember now, but like, that was like a great, like break in the week for me. Like I would, I always go to gallery of sound. And even if the, I went the longest time I, tr- I tried just doing the whole record store and, but I would go in there and I would buy something regardless of if I wanted to, to get something in particular or just bought it because I was in there. And I would spend like 50 bucks a week. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> up. Yeah. And I'm like, this just doesn't financially, uh, uh, <laughs> it doesn't make sense anymore. I can't do it. And I feel badly. I, I did my best. I really did. Yeah. Keep the old college try. Yeah. But, yeah, but, that, yeah, but that's true. It's part of like, you know, even like when we were kids and it's funny, you see these memes online and, uh, I always kind of laugh at them probably because they're true, but you know, I read something the other day. It was a funny meme. It was like, you know, you got to tell your 11 year old self that, you know, you just, you just went to blockbuster. You have, you have gold lion and 64. You have, you have your buddies coming over for pizza and popcorn. And like, you have two movies, like this is going to be the highlight of your life. Yeah. But like, like going to blockbuster and like all that, like going there, that was, that was fun. It was like, it was an experience that, you know, hopefully at some point I think we'll come back. We're just, I just had a conversation with some family members about shopping malls. And I said, like, for me personally, like maybe I'm, maybe I'm unique in this regard. I, I don't like to buy clothes online at sure. all. Like at all. I, every time I do, I regret it. It doesn't fit right. I hate the material. The pants are like tight in the ass or something. It's like, all right, <laughs> this is like, why did I do this to myself? And then, yeah. then you have the hassle of like, all right, now I got to figure out how to return this. And yeah. So for me, it's like, I like to, sh- I, I'm a traditional shopper in, in clothing sense, household items, like where I know what I'm getting, like whatever it is, like the dog food or toilet paper or yeah, a spatula, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Right. Like I know what I'm getting. 
okay, give me Amazon. Well, let's do that. But, but as far as like things that I need to feel and touch and like, see if I really like it or try it on or whatever, I think, I think there's a need for that. And I think there's, there was definitely like, especially when, when, when we were younger, there was, you know, sort of a social element about going to the mall that kids these days don't have, you know, that was kind of, it was a cool place to hang out. It was a know? big day out. I mean, yeah. I grew up. I grew up in the country, so like going to the mall was like a big yeah, deal. You were on my creek, right? Yeah, it was yeah. a big deal. It was a big. It was a, it was a whole day. <laughs> we're going to the mall, John. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember we used to go to like the Red Barons game, and it felt like a lifetime to get there. It was right? like forty-five minutes. I was a I, kid though, lifetime. Yeah, I remember being a little kid, and my first memory of like a Red Barons game was knowing that we were getting close by, I could tell like when we were on 81 and you'd get off the montage, you know, how the, you know, how the lights yes. would have the, that's it. The Same. They would change, right. I was like, Oh, we got, this is amazing. We're getting close. Yep. Same. But I remember the lights would change. I'd be like, Oh, we got a different style of light. We're, we're, we are the big time now. We're headed. <laughs> yeah. But that, yeah. Yeah. That's was like, that's amazing. Before. So I would take, I remember I grew up in Carbondale. They, you know, there wasn't the Casey highway didn't exist then. So you would have to like, kind of, you know, you have to like go through the towns a bit to get to 81. So it took like 20 minutes longer than what it does now. You can get there in like 25 minutes. It was like in those days, it was probably a 40 minute drive. At least in my, at least in my mind, it was, I'll ask my parents and they'll say, no, it was the same distance that you're just, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it was like, it was a, it was a car ride to go to music. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy to think about like, Oh, the uh, O'Neill highway didn't exist. Yeah. The cross Valley didn't exist at one point. It's like, what? It just, they built this. It took how how long? What, what did you do before? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm thinking about like you know not, not the Cross Valley is certainly like extremely convenient. I, you know, me working in Kingston, and and I have to tell you, until I worked in Kingston, I really didn't realize how great of a location that is. Like, you can get anywhere in the valley in like ten or fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. I, perhaps I just didn't recognize like that because I had never worked. You know. It, having an office there, but you know, I jump on Rudder Ave. I'm I'm on the Cross Valley, and I'm like, I'm going in either direction in a couple minutes, and it's like, this is great. I'm really centralized here. Yeah, but yeah. To think that that didn't exist probably not that long ago. I don't I don't know. I you know I didn't grow up in Luzerne County, so I don't remember when that was. Yeah, constructed, but um, I don't know either. So it wasn't that long ago. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it but yeah, it's not yeah. so it's not too beat up, so it can't be that old. No, but going back to the whole like uh, you know blockbuster thing, like I used to love going and looking at a movie with, with Amanda. Like we would just, that was a Friday night thing. Like we'd go pick out a movie, get a pizza. And even when I was younger, like that was a, you know, Friday night came and like we were at the video store and like, I remember it was such a, like, and you rushed there and hoping like, you know, the, the small video store that was next to us, like they only had like one or two copies of the movie you wanted to see. Right. So like you had to get there and you had to pray. Yeah. 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 I mean, now it's like, I don't even know. Like my son doesn't even understand what a commercial is. Like he'll be watching, you know, either YouTube or Hulu or whatever, and an ad will pop up. He's like, "What is this?" Yeah, yeah. Why is this interrupting my show? <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude. You have no idea. So it's so different. Like you know, like at the blink of an eye, you could just kind of like, you know, like we have Disney Plus, buddy. Yeah, all of them. Like we've watched Encanto like forty-eight times in like twenty days. <laughs> Uh, but what I'm getting at is like my kids, like they ask for like any movie, like, boom, done. Hey, like it's, it's at the point where I'm like, you know, we do tubby time and it's like, 
Let's put a movie on. Guys, what do you want to watch? Bugs Life and Kanto. Wait, right? It's like, all right, give me like 10 seconds. It'll be on. Like, yeah. That's amazing. I, I didn't have such luxuries. <laughs> no. And it's, it's, it's amazing, but it's kind of scary. Like, and what does that do? And I mean, I'm 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 guilty of the whole thing too. Like, I love the convenience. I love everything at your your fingertips, right? But like, I don't know, man. We're getting soft. Yeah. It, well, it creates it creates this, you know, especially at a young age, like instant gratification. Like, yeah, it's on demand. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. 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 And my, and my like, part of me thinks that like these kids who have like ADHD, I wonder if it's, um, you know accelerated by the fact that like they can watch something and there's a million other things to worry or, or they can go to and they don't even finish what they're watching they go on to the next and they keep there's just so many things i i'm a, i'm you know i i'm not a scientist i'm not a medical professional i'm i have no no nothing other than a, an observatory opinion on that topic but my thought is is that there ha- there absolutely has to be now i understand that it's you know, something that's much more diagnosed than, sure, of course, than it used to be. Um, but to me, it seems like there has to be some correlation between the use of devices and instant gratification and all that with kids at a really young age and, and, and what seems to be their, their inability maybe to focus for long periods of time, because you do have that, that ability to swipe through things and see different things. So we, we try to really limit very like very much so the only time that we really like kind of have let the kids like run the roost when it comes to like an ipad or a device is you know we we took a trip to florida in october and you know we had them on the plane for two hours and so sure. it's like we we're pulling out stops like what are, guys movies snacks what are, <laughs> just stay for two hours right quiet. Yeah. yeah but but other than that it's really like you know we we have like movie night like every night at, for whatever half hour or 40 minutes like after they take a tub we'll watch a movie for a little bit and they'll watch half of the movie and then it's like it's time to go to bed yeah but other than that like you know they don't sit um like jack will do like abc mouse or something for a little bit but it's like supervised um but there's no like hey here's an ipad go watch youtube videos by yourself for 20 minutes like we, that doesn't happen yeah, but, yeah but we, we, we're both of the same mindset of like let's, let's limit that yeah that's good yeah, we didn't get Lincoln an iPad until well, it's a tablet, but until like this past, I think we got it for his birthday. So when he turned four years old, before yeah. that though, he's like he would randomly and rarely see our our phones. Like again, it was you know worst case scenario, like we need you to be quiet for just five minutes. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's like there's things that need to happen, and, and <laughs> I need you to be quiet. Yeah. I mean that that those sort of things do come up, especially when when they're the ages of our kids, right? Yeah. But, um. But yeah, as far as just like here you go. Here's a, here's a babysitter. Just go, you know, just go play. Right. Yeah. I certainly, I, I, I don't downplay the fact that there are certainly, you know, um, you know, early learning benefits to some of these things. Absolutely. But it also, um, but it's also concerning about, um, uh, attention span being shortened because you just, they have so much stimulation at that age that I, I, I I'm just, uh, really conservative about that. Yeah. Are you worried about your children growing up in the world that we're living now? I mean, Think about how quickly things changed, like in 15 years, even like we're talking about a time where like, you know, you would go to a website rare on rare occasions. Like you were talking about, you know, we, we used to go into the newspapers to, 
to read news and entertainment and things like that. Now that's, that's like commonplace. There's you know, how many times a day do you visit a, uh, a website? Like I, I don't, I can't imagine what it's going to be like when they're, you know, 10, 11, 12, whatever it is. I think I think for us and and Jess and I talk about this a lot. I think the thing that's most concerning for us that we'll, as parents is um, social media and the effect that that has on kids, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, think about like when you or I were thirteen or fifteen or something, right? Like I didn't know what like I didn't see like fitness models at fifteen, right? Or like. Right. Right. Or like, you know, all these different, just different, like celebrity personalities out there or, you know, like Instagram or, or TikTok celebrities or whatever, right? Like that didn't exist. And so now you have this, you know, you have this, this, uh, this issue where people are, are able to reach people around the world quickly and, and see things that um, they would have never have seen, you know, had social media not existed. And, and also, um, you know, the expectation that people feel like they have to live up to that. I, I think that's really difficult, especially for, for kids, um, probably more so for particularly for women. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's, it, it's a really difficult, difficult thing, right? Like you don't want to be the parent that says like, no, you're not going to have any of these things or participate in any of these things as, as all your peers around you are right. Like right. That's, that's a difficult thing to balance, but, it, but it's also really, it's, it's, um, it's a challenge. I feel like, uh, I feel like the world on social media is not reality in a lot of ways. And, and for, for children to at a, at a, you know, where their minds are really, you know, uh, vulnerable, I think for them to see that constantly and to feel like they have to love that. I think that, that for us, I think is this, is the scariest thing. And, and obviously, of course, you know, um, you know, obviously, you know, school violence has become, you know, significantly more of a thing right since since columbine yeah. at that time so that was 99 right I, so i was in seventh or eighth grade but since like before that you would never heard of such a thing now it's like 20 years have gone by or 20 23 years have gone by now and and um we're so desensitized to that not not in that we don't you know feel or, or yeah. hurt but it's just oh there was you know, there was another incident in the school it's just like you know, by the next day, you're like, you're not even talking about it anymore. That was like, that was world news for months. Like that yeah. was, that was, that was life-changing. I remember and feeling like you'd never seen peers put in that position before. I mean, I remember feeling like this is, this is a really big thing. Um, so now like those types of things I think are, you know, there are, there are biggest concerns. Yeah. Even like the, the ability to be bullied outside of, you know, school. Um, my wife just showed me a, a page on Face or Instagram, maybe. It was uh, regarding Pittston and like there's these kids. I don't, I don't even want to talk about it because I don't even want to bring attention to it. Um, but it was just like these kids, like kind of like, oh, Susie was making out with Johnny uh, behind the, the dumpster or whatever. Like that, and that's a mild thing, but like it could have been like really, really aggressive and like really like, like shameful or, or and it's just, we didn't have that ability to do that. Like if you wanted to fight somebody or pick on somebody at school, it was like at school, typically, you know, it would be, you know, if anything it escalated to, you know, a, a point where, you know, you were fighting or whatever, like teachers would get involved and in the middle and, you know, kind of you know, squash it. But like now it's just weird. Yeah. The ability to publicly shame was not there. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's got, it's, it's, it has its challenges. It's really like, 
it's it's hard. I, I'm not, you know, it's and it's uncharted waters because this didn't exist when we were kids. So it's hard for us to right about how to do our best to manage that. Yeah, I think we I think we as adults and we as parents need to do a better job and in a kind of uh, and I don't know how to do it, but like we need to kind of almost unite. Like for instance, you know, when I was when Amanda was pregnant with Lincoln, this was 2017. I remember driving through Main Street in Pittston. It was like three weeks before Halloween. And the, there was like a trunk or treat going on on Main Street in Pittston. I'm like, these fucking kids have been <laughs> trick trunk or treating for the past three weeks. It's not even <laughs> Halloween yet. And I'm like, I'm like, you know what? My kids never do this trunk or treat shit. Like, you were, like you one day this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, how do you how do you like I mean now like you know, you can like not do it, he would never know. But let's say he gets older and his friends in school, they're all going on these trunk or treats. You, know, you can make him stay home. Well, his, his friends are out doing this 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 candy grab. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's 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 really hard, you know. And we have you know we have nieces and nephews that are you know um as old as you know twenty three and as young as um you know my my sister's son is you know um Jesus I think he's eight I'm I'm like losing it um you know and 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 I think. You know, in that span of in that span of of age, even in that fifteen year age gap, right? Like the twenty three year old is certainly dealing with you know different things than than the eight year old, right? Like it's yeah. in terms of like what what was available to them during that period. So when you say you're right, when you talk about how how much things have progressed in those fifteen years, ch- childhoods are significantly different now, even in that period. You know, and everything is right. Everything seems like has just, has just sped up, right? Technology is so different. The way we interact is different. Jobs are different. Like, right. Like you always, you always read that, like, you know, the best jobs of today, right. Didn't exist 20 years ago, right. Or 10 mm-hmm. years ago on capacity in some fashion. So, um, it, it's just, a, it's amazing how, how fast things are, are moving now. And, and maybe, maybe John, every generation has said that, but it certainly seems like, you know, when you look back at history that maybe this seems like the fastest things have ever progressed, but maybe again, maybe because we're, you know, we're young adults in that, you know, in that phase that we feel that way, but yeah, maybe, maybe our parents' generation felt the same way about, you know, maybe the seventies and eighties. And, but I, I don't know. It's, it just seems like everything is moving fast right now and hard it, in some capacity, hard to keep up. Well, it's the internet, man. I always say it's a blessing and a curse. And I think like, I mean, our parents didn't have that, you know, like, no, it wasn't even on their radar. No. No, I remember. That. I remember my first taste of of social media. So this was back when 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 Facebook required an edu yep. email address, right? And your school had to be affiliated with Facebook in order to to actually gain access to the site. Like you couldn't just be like, "Oh, I I go to a college, so I'll join the site." So I remember um, my friend was was uh, playing basketball at Syracuse University, right? So this was like two thousand. This would have been 2004, the winter in 2004 and 2005. And freshman in college, he invites us up during their winter break because there were like really no students on campus. The only thing that kids could really do was probably go to a game that was that was being held, and there was no one else around. So he said, "Why don't you go, why don't you guys come up?" So um, myself and two other buddies went up to visit him, and we stayed for a long weekend. And the one night he was like, "Hey, I want to I want to show you guys this website." We're like, "Yeah, sure. What is it?" He's like, "It's called the Facebook." I'm like. The Facebook, what is that? It's like, it's amazing. You, you like, you could see all the everybody that like goes to the school and like, you know, you could see like what their interests are and look at pictures. I'm like, 
wow. All right, show me what this is all about. So he gave me his, I remember he gave me his username and password because I was like, I got to check this out when I get home. Like, this is amazing. I want to be able to like, look and see all these people. This is crazy. And so lo and behold, maybe six months later, you started to see more and more schools becoming affiliated with it. And then um, I remember we got a notification at Wilkes that Wilkes had been, um, yeah, I guess accepted into the, the Facebook program. And that was like, that was like a big thing for, for a while, but it, yeah, it was called the Facebook. That was yeah. the rest the Facebook.com. I remember. And, um, and it was just so, it was just so different. I mean, it was like, you know, you know, right. Like our, your parents weren't on there, like sort of embarrassing you or like, <laughs> you're like Not yet. it wasn't, poli- it's certainly like there was no like news feed. It certainly wasn't political. Right. It was no, like, it was just like, college kids down there basically like checking each other out for the most part but there was no like you know it was very very different than what it is today but i remember that was i remember thinking like this is this is something's gonna happen here with this site this is this is like a new thing that is really amazing and and uh i was not were you a myspace guy i wasn't really really myspace guy it was for a little while maybe a year but so I found out about the Facebook, uh, was spring break, 2005. Uh, so it was like March. Um, and yeah. we, went to, we went to Putacana. Exactly. Same around the same time. Yeah. Same time. Yep. We went to Putacana and there was a group of like, maybe it was 10 or 12 of us. And we ran into a group of other people. Um, and they were like, Oh, are you on the Facebook? And I'm like, what, what is, what is this Facebook thing? And they, you know, they told us about this thing and, um, a few of them just happened to be girls. So like when we got home, um, you know, the guys would, you know, obviously we were like, let's check out this Facebook thing because like these, these girls who we were on vacation with, or we ran into rather, um, they weren't ugly and they're on it. So let's go see what they're doing. You know, <laughs> what else are we going to find out here? Yeah. Right. You know, so that's, that's how I got, it was 2005. And like, I don't really like, I remember getting onto it and I really wasn't like, I mean, this is whatever. and. Um, and months went by. I started at the weekender in September of 2005, and I think at that point it's when MySpace kind of picked up steam. And I was a MySpace guy till about 2008 or nine. I mean, I have yep. to credit I have to credit MySpace because if it wasn't for MySpace, I may not have ever met my wife, oh, or oh. I should say, I should say, had the balls to talk to my wife. <laughs> Because okay. I think I, I remember, I remember Amanda as a model of the week at one point. She was twice, oh. I think, but yeah, twice. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I, I knew that when she came in the second time is when I started, like, I just, you know, I talked to her more. Um, and then I reached out, I think I had some, a couple of drinks one night and I, I messaged her on MySpace, thinking she'll never Current. respond to me. Yeah. <laughs> liquid courage. Right. Um, and then like, she'll, she'll, to this day, she will, I, I have, I have the, the, uh, conversation printed out in a box and I should, I should like do some kind of survey because I said that she fell onto my trap because I was just telling her where I was going to be. I'm like, Hey, we're going to beer boys tonight. Or we're going to old time Charlie's and she would show up. I mean, I wasn't the one, you know, following her to places initially. I mean, now granted, as we started hanging out and like, there was a time that she was out, um, at whistles in Scranton, which I would never go to, but here I am driving to to Scranton because there's this beautiful girl that I'm interested in. Um, you love, buddy. Yeah, but yeah, so that's so. Thank you, MySpace, for existing at that time. Yeah, shout out to is that Tom? 
Yeah, Tom I think so. Yeah. yeah. Seen top eight? Was he in your top eight? It was such a passive aggressive like vehicle though. Like Wasn't it? Yeah. You could put like if you're like you just broke up with your girlfriend, you could put like this like angry music, like saying F you, but without saying it, you know? You <laughs> no, could there remove were- them from your top eight. Yeah, it was really you know, that was kind of that had some cool things that like right, like you could like you do what was it was it called a skin or your background or right? Well, I don't remember what that was called. Yeah, back yeah, background or whatever. Yeah, you could like make that whatever you could have you could have music, right? So if you could code. I mean, I could I couldn't like I wasn't smart enough to do that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I would have to like myself up to do that, but yeah, yeah, I, I mean, just just having like, um, just having those like customizable features of it, like that was cool. Like in hindsight, I'm like that was a, that was a really unique thing, you know. Like I yeah. even on like you know Twitter or, or Facebook now or Instagram, right? Like to be able to like someone goes on your page and you could just have music playing or that's kind of cool. Like, yeah, you just don't see that now. Yeah, yeah. you kind of get an idea what the person's all about. Yeah, you get an idea about it. Although I'll look at the memories every day. That's kind of like one of the first things I do in the morning. And and now it's a lot of fun because it'll show you memories from the past, like, you know, two, three, four years. It's fun seeing Lincoln as a as a, a young baby. Um but like you ever go, go back to like 2010 and it's like back when the status was like Carmen Winters and you would put like is out to dinner or whatever. It wasn't like yeah, it was like you. It, it is so, yeah. as, as a kid say, it was so cringe. Yeah, I'm like, well, how did that even make sense? But then, it, but the way that you wrote it, like it was it, the way that the I should say the way that the question was asked was right. different. It was different. Well, it asked you a question, like, "What are you doing today?" Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. So. I want to get back to your, I don't want to keep you all night. I want to get back to your, your timeline because I think it's important, uh, you know, in turn to you know, where you are today, but you were with this company, you know, the, the local websites, where did you go after that? I came, and why did you like, why did you leave? Well, I, I, I was approached by, um, the times leader. It was that soon. Well, I was there. I was there. That was 2012, I believe. Mm, okay. So I, I was, I was, an, I was an intern at that other company and then worked there for four, it was four years. Got it. And then, um, the times leader approached me with a new opportunity to work in their digital sales department to, to be the director of digital sales actually. And, and, uh, you know, at the time I was 26 and it was, a you know, it was something that was kind of sold to me as like, you're going to be able to build this from scratch and <laughs> money behind you. And, and, um, we're going to give you this, this, this great salary and benefits. And I was like, you know, at 26 years old, I thought, yeah, wow, this is, um, this is a great opportunity. I'm really, I'm really fortunate. I'm, I'm honored to do this. Right. And, and, um, it just wasn't that, you know, <laughs> It was, yeah. it was, you know, it was difficult. I had really never, you know, my, my last job was not that it didn't have its difficult days. Right. But, um, like instantly, like my first, like, right. Like you have 9 a.m. managers meeting, right. Every Monday or eight thirty, whatever that time was like in like day one, I was like, this is a whole new level of stress that like, I have probably never experienced in my life. Yeah. And it was all, it was like already like coming down on me like 24 <laughs> hours after I was there. I was like, this is, this is just not, this is not good here. Is it, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and, and I will say like, you know, I don't want to say anything like 
you know, negative no. because everybody at that point was, everybody was really doing their best, right? Everybody came to work every day and worked hard. And, and at the end of it, you know, I, I made some great relationships and I'm, I'm still very friendly with, with a lot of people that I'm, that I met there, but the, sure. the position itself was, um, it, it was, it had, a, it had a lot of challenges. It was difficult. And, um, and so I, I, I went from there and I started working for uh, a home health company who coincidentally at the time, my, my wife was working there. She's a, a physical therapist. Um, although she started her own business, we can talk about that in, in a bit. Um, but at the time she was a, a full-time physical therapist doing home health care. And, um, and my, my dad had actually met the CEO of this company. Uh, my dad had worked in, in mental health for a long, a long time. And so he had, you know, he had some, some cases where, uh, the CEO of this company, um, used to have personal care homes and so they had interacted. My my dad was familiar with him, and he remembered my dad. And so I, I went to him when I was with the Times and was proposing some some different digital uh, strategies to sell to him. And um, we just hit, we instantly like just we just hit it off. And um, I had ran into him then uh, later at a like a a fundraising dinner, and we ended up sitting next to each other. And he said, "You know, I'm looking for somebody to head up my." my marketing and sales efforts in one of our offices. I'm, I'm wondering uh, if you know anybody that'd be interested. And so at the time I was, you know, I was really unhappy with what was going on. And, and uh, I said, actually, I'm, I'm interested. He's like, well, really? Like, okay, come and talk, come to my office tomorrow. Let's talk about it. Um, and so he offered me the job and, and I was, I was ecstatic to take it. And it was a great, it was great. And uh, my time there was, was awesome. It was, you know, um, I met a lot of people there too, that were, you know, still friends to this day. And, um, so at that time I was, I was doing something totally different, but I was selling, you know, our product at that time was, was service, right? So we were, we were doing, you know, non-medical care and also skilled services. So physical speech and occupational therapy. So my job was to, you know, um, figure out who the, who our referral partners could be and, and who, you know, have a similar businesses to us that could in turn, you know, send us patients, uh, or, or folks who needed our care. And, um, that was, that was great. I did that for, I think another three and a half years, but simultaneously I got my real estate license in 2000, um, February of 2013 is when I actually started working in real estate, but I got my license like at the end of 2012. So it's been just, just under 10 years. And, uh, and so I did that. I did that part-time for a couple of years while I was still working my home healthcare business job. Um, and it was, you know, I was kind of running myself ragged. I really was, I was, I was working a lot of hours and, um, I remember my wife being like, and she was my girlfriend at the time, right. We weren't even engaged yet, but I remember like I'd, I'd get home and it was like, ah, I have another meeting I got to run, or I'm going to be home at like seven, eight o'clock. And it was just, it, it seemed to like, that seemed to be more common than not. And I really felt passionate about real estate. Like it started to get to the point where I, I was like, my nine to five was, even though it was a fantastic, you know, fantastic job. It was like the people that were there were amazing. I was treated great. Um, but I could tell that my passion was really in real estate. And so it got to a point where that was starting to almost, I felt like it was like, geez, I'm, this is like taking up my time, my nine to five job. I wish I could just focus on real estate full time. So I remember we, uh, Jesse and I got married in September of 2015. And, uh, it was right then I, right around that time where I said, um, I was getting really busy in real estate. And I said, 
I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to jump in full time, uh, after the wedding. And of course she was, you know, as, as any spouse would, she was like, are you nuts? Why, why would you leave a full-time job? Right. You have, you know, you have benefits and you have a company car and you're like, you know, like this is a great job. What would he doing? Yeah. Uh, and I said, you know, I just, uh, I, I just, I'm just not passionate about it. Like I am with real estate. I just think, I think if I, if I'm able to like take the hours that I'm spending during my Monday through Friday, nine to five job and, and, and just focus on real estate, I think it's all going to work out just fine. Um, and, and knock on wood somewhere. Luckily, you know, that has been the case, but it's scary. You know, like you, you leave, you leave the comforts of, of a job that, you know, has some, has some security and benefits. And, and when you're treated really well, like it makes it, it makes it hard. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, but I wanted to do that because I, I, you know, I believed in myself that I thought, I, I think I'm learning enough that I can make this work and, and make it work full time and, and support myself and, and my wife. And, and, and I say this all the time, especially now doing what I did to, to just take that leap of faith at, you know, at 29 years old and do, and jump in full time doing that now with two kids at home and a mortgage. And it, it would be exponentially more difficult for me to make that commitment now. Um, and so I'm, I'm grateful that I did it at the time that I did that because leaving that security would be, would be, would be really hard and having the support to do that and, um, and just having no safety net. So mm-hmm. I'm very, um, I'm, I, again, I'm, I'm very grateful that I, that I made that decision when I did because, uh, doing it now would be almost impossible. Well, I think it was the right choice at the end of the day, especially with the success you've had in the, uh, real estate, uh, yeah, uh, area. It, it, it absolutely has been the right choice for many reasons, right? Like not, not just in the success that I've had, but just because I'm, and I hope it comes through this way. I'm, I, I never wake up and I've said this to you before. I never wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh God, I'm going to work. Like I never feel that way. I mean, yeah. I, I hope it's like that forever. I really do. But, but it's, you know, I've been in real estate now almost 10 years and it, and it's still to this day. It's never, I've, it's never gotten old. I've never, I've never wor- never had the Sunday scaries, right? Like that's never happened. Like I, I, I just feel, I feel really passionate about what I do. I feel like I'm always learning th- new things. Um, and I, and I think even for newer agents, um, how, you know, having the ability to, to help them grow their careers too is exciting for me. So I'm always, I, I I'm always like, my mind is always going about about different things that I, that I can do or different things that I can learn. There's so many different avenues in real estate that you can make a career to, whether it be you know an agent or or a broker, um, whether it be uh, somebody in in project or uh, property management, whether it be an appraiser. Uh, you could do um, you could do uh, mortgages, right? You could do title work. You could do. There's so many different ways in which this industry um, kind of functions all these different people are, are in touch with each other regularly that it, it opens your eyes to all the different ways that you could have a, a really successful career and, and do things um, in your own way and be, you know, kind of, you know, set, set your own hours. Right. I, I kind of mm-hmm. love that. You're, you know, you're really as busy as your, as your client's schedule, right. You can't say, ah, I'm not, I'm not really feeling like, you know, I don't, eh, I know you want to see that house on Wednesday at five, but you know, like I, I'm making chicken that night. So I, <laughs> yeah, like, it's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. So, um, I, I think, uh, I think having the, the autonomy over having your own schedule, which, which is true, right? Like I just told you, we took a trip in October, which, you know, worked really hard for like a year and a half straight. 
we took a nice long trip. It was, you know, just under two weeks. And, um, but I didn't have to like, I mean, everyone knew that I was leaving and I told people, but I didn't have to request time off. Right. Like that, I didn't have to say, Oh, please. I'd love to have, th- you know, 12 or 13 days for vacation. Can we make that happen? Right. Like, please. Yeah, please. But I just went, you know, and like, it was having, having the ability to do that is, is certainly, you know, one of the perks of, um, of being, um, you know, self-employed in that, in that way. And, um, but yeah, I, uh, the, the changeover from, you know, you know, working, um, part-time into full-time was, was certainly scary, but, but I've told this to other agents who are in the same boat. I always tell them my story and, and what I did, um, and, and how I found success. And I'm always happy to share that with, with other agents. And, um, and I always encourage people who are starting to get to a point where they feel like, geez, I'm getting a little bit busier and really in real estate as, as in most positions, but in real estate specifically, you can really only forecast out 60, maybe 90 days of, of earnings, right? Because things happen like, like tomorrow I may get a call for something that closes six weeks from now, right? Like that wasn't on my, that wasn't on my radar, but mm-hmm. tomorrow is. And so once you can figure out, like I have enough to, you know, I, I have enough either, you know, cash reserves or I have enough income coming in to kind of get me over the hump for the next several months at that point, and, and you're starting to like your phone's starting to ring regularly. At that point, it's time it's time to go, you know, because my my I remember my production went from let's say like maybe two million or something in 2015. Do you know? And I joined, I, I went full-time at the end of 2015, you know, in that fir- my first full year, I did maybe f- like four and a half. It went up like, you know, 200% mm-hmm. just because I was able to focus all my time and effort in, in it. So that was, I always say too, like, if you believe in yourself and, and, and you really feel like you're, you know, strong enough to do this on a full-time basis, it'll, it will happen for you. Yeah. Part of me wishes that I would have stuck with it because I was in the same yeah. real estate class with you. You were, you 2012. were, and we'd love to have you, John. If you ever think back about it, but well, it's one of those things. It's like so. I was in the middle of taking classes with you, um, and I was offered the general manager position at the Weekender, mm-hmm. which is something I always wanted to do. And I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be all in at the weekend or I don't want to, you know, cause at the time before that, I was kind of like, I don't know what's going on here. Like let's, let's start to like, at least, you know, put the feet in the water uh, of a, maybe a different career path. But when that happened, I was like, well, this is, this is yeah. it. This is what I've always wanted. Like, I got to do this. I got to do it at 110%. Uh, but looking back, I mean, you know, you never, hindsight's 2020, right? You never know. But, um, you know what though? I had a lot of people at that time, you know, when I was telling them like, this was, this was 2012, right? We were doing that summer of 2012. I remember we were taking classes. Um, I, I, there were a lot of people that were, um, like asking me like, what, why, what do you mean you're getting your real estate license? Nobody's at that time. You have to remember too, we were coming out of the recession. Real estate was not what, you know, the conversations that I've had with people in the last two years has been wildly different than what it was like then. Um, and so people are like, what, what do you mean you're getting your real, who's getting, nobody's getting their real estate license. This is like, market's terrible. What are you doing? Right. And I was like, eh, I'm just, you know, I, I feel like I'm, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm interested in it. Right. And, and immediately, like after a couple of classes, I, I instantly knew like, I'm interested in the content of this. This is in, interesting to me. And, and, um, I, I enjoyed what, what I was learning. And at that point I knew like, 
I might have an interest in this. I, to be truthful, I never, got, I never took the class thinking that I would do this as a career. I took the class because I, I owned a building in Wilkesbury. I was a co-owner of a building in Wilkesbury that um, we thought we were going to end up buying more property together. And I thought, geez, maybe there's something that we missed the first time around here. And as we go forward and, and try to grow this portfolio of properties, maybe there's something that we would gain by taking the class. Certainly not the case. Uh, it teaches you how to pass the test, but not necessarily, you know, there are some instances where it's, it's, it's practical, but a lot of it is, you know, a lot of it is learned on the job, right? And as, as any, any career, but there, I never, I never took, signed up for the class thinking, this is your career path. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I immediately knew that it was um, once I got in there and started learning about it. And so um, for me to, to, um, to want to, you know, move, move that forward, um, it took, it, it didn't take a whole lot of convincing to know that that was going to be what I wanted to do. I just instantly felt like, ah, I found it. You know, this is mm-hmm. what I, what I want to do. And, and again, another thing I'm grateful for, right. Cause I know some people kind of go a long time without figuring, figuring that out, or maybe, maybe they never do. Um, yeah, and so for me, I, I never take that for granted. That hey, you really found you re- you really found something you enjoy that you're passionate about that you want to continue learning. Um, I feel lucky. I feel lucky that that happened to me. Yeah, and, and talk about the last couple of years because I mean you're currently with like one of the biggest names in our area. I don't know what their footprint is as far as you know outside of northeastern, northeastern Pennsylvania, but Lewis and Freeman, yeah. big name in the market, um, a very trusted name. Um, talk about, you know, that experience at, at Lewis and Freeman and then the past two years, because I think the market has been in a situation where, you know, maybe it's been seen before, but I think it's been really wild. Um, you go to a point where like everyone's just buying houses they're buying houses at over asking price. It's just, it's almost crazy. And now I think it's almost hard to even find a house to sell or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. So talk a little bit about that. Well, you're you're not at all. So um, so the last couple of years, and and truthfully, um, when when the COVID pandemic, you know, uh, be, became news, and and um, our offices were shut down. So this would have been this, I guess, the second week of March in 2020. You know, we were having internal meetings, and we were having Zoom meetings, just talking about, you know, hey, here's what the protocol is going to be. Um, then we got news that you know the governor shut us down, that we weren't we weren't able to able to work. So again, we were having Zoom meetings, trying to trying to all stay in touch with one another, and the overall consensus was, this is going to be bad for real estate. Like, this is going to be really bad, right? So it's 2020, and everyone I've talked to, right, people that I've that I trust, that have that have been doing this successfully for a long time, they've always given me the advice of, real estate's going to be a little bit rocky when when the following things are happening, when when there's a when there's an election year when there's fluctuations in the stock market, right? So if you think back on, you know, like spring of 2020, what was happening in the stock market mm-hmm. and then add in a global pandemic, right? That, that should have been a recipe for no one's going anywhere. No one's going to, no one's going to want to move because freeze. I don't want, number one, I don't want people coming into my home. Number two, I don't know what's happening with the pandemic. Number three, I don't know what's happening with my job. Number four, I have no idea what's happening with my retirement money. Cause my, the, the stock market is up and down. And, and lastly, like, 
it's every, you know, it's just, it's just kind of a a crazy time in the world. Like, let's just, if if everything's okay at home, let's not rock the boat. Um, and that is just not, (laughs) it's just not at all what happened. And it stayed that way now for two straight years. And, um, and it was really just, just, we weren't expecting that at all. So there was a period of 10 weeks where we weren't able to, to show a home. And I remember it was, remember there were businesses, right? Like it seems so long ago, but there were businesses that were deemed, you know, essential and non-essential. And at that time, real estate was considered non-essential, which you would think, well, housing is certainly an essential part of living. How could the, how could real estate be non-essential? But it was. And, um, and so we, you know, I remember we had, you know, people in, in uh, Harrisburg, you know, battling that on our behalf, because just, just one example, I had a client who was moving to Pennsylvania from out of state and he was taking over uh, the emergency response team. He was going to run that department for one of the hospital systems locally. And, uh, and I couldn't get him into a house. Like I could not physically show him a property. He's like, wait, I'm moving from another state to take over a position that is certainly essential. And I have no idea where I'm going to live. <laughs> and I can't get in to see the building. Right. Like it was, that was really challenging at that time. And, um, and so I was just thinking like, this can't be the, this can't be the new normal of like how we're going to do business. Like this is, this is going to be, this is just going to be terrible. So, you know, luckily we were, we were in a position where, you know, I had some things that were still kind of, um, left over from the early, early part of the year that, that, that was going to close. And I knew that was, eh, I'm going to be okay here. This will, this will carry me for a bit. Um, and then as soon as like, I think it was around mother's day, as soon as we got the you know, the leash off where we were able to, to get back out there and, and work certainly with restrictions and, and certainly following, you know, whatever the CDC guidelines and protocols were at that time, um, which, which was challenging. It was a lot of paperwork. We had to keep track of who was in the, who was in each property, you know, folks had to sign a, a COVID questionnaire, uh, related to, you know, a potential exposure. It was, um, there was a lot, there was a lot happening that we had to keep track of at that time, but it was certainly better than not being able to work at all. And it w- it was just started to, it started to go bonkers. Um, Interest rates went, you know, hit rock bottom. Historically speaking, um, that certainly has helped. And uh, and then there was there was limited inventory, and for whatever reason, I, I don't exactly know. There were there's a lot of bu- there were a lot of buyers, and there still are in the market. So anytime I list a property, for example, I listed uh, actually I'm listing four properties this week. Two of them I listed yesterday, and um, there are like 15 showings scheduled on each property for this weekend already. Um, probably a likely scenario based on those numbers, just statistically speaking, that there will be multiple offers and that, that is the new normal now. Um, Mm -hmm. And so advice that I give to any buyers too, is like, you know, number one, get, make sure you're pre-approved. Number two, um, what's your current living situation? Can you leave? Do you have a house to sell first? You know, myself included, right? Like Jesse and I have talked about potentially moving, right? I I know you and I, we've talked about it internally. We're like, yeah, I'm trying, still trying to maybe trying to move. Right. But it's like, you know, selling our home, moving into a new home. Right. I know how to manage that because I do it on a daily basis, but I can see where buyers could really get frustrated with the idea of doing that. We did it with you, right? Like we, mm-hmm. we made that happen. We did the buy and sell like simultaneously. That whole it's, process was nuts. It's challenging. And I, and I, well, and I, well, I just, yeah. I mean, for us, it was, I said it was, it's nuts because of how, things fell into place. It was, it was easy because of you. (laughs) If we didn't have you, we would have been, I mean, I don't know what I would have done, but like just the way that all happened was just like, you know, we, you know, we, you showed us a few houses that didn't really blow us away. And then, you know, we showed us the one we're in now and we put an offer in and 
you know, they, they, they come back with a counter and um, everything was contingent uh, on us selling the house that we were in. And just so happens you had, or a partner of yours had, you know, yeah, someone had. lined up and yeah. it they all fell in the place. We did. I remember that, that, that was, you know, a scenario that worked well, but, but I can, you know, I can see where, um, you know, I can see where that could be, you know, extremely overwhelming and, and, um, and I'm empathetic to that, right? Like I always try to, and, and I always try to be truthful with, with buyers and sellers in that regard and say, look, I'm going to do my absolute best to make this as smooth as possible for you. There will undoubtedly be times of stress. I, I, I there, it, it's just part of the, part of the, of the situation. I will absolutely limit your stress to lowest possible levels, but just be prepared. This is, there's going to be a lot happening in a short amount of time, simply because you're going to have to make decisions quickly related to the purchase of your new home. And you're going to have a flood of people coming into your property and they're going to, they're going to have, you know, specific needs that, that we were going to have to try to accommodate as well. So it's a lot that happens during that buy and sell period. Um, but, but I've done it enough to have experience to try to, to try to give, um, you know, the best advice I, I can. And, um, and it, and it's challenging. And so we, you know, everybody at Lewis and Freeman really do try to do our best to, um, to make our clients feel like, you know, we have their best interest in mind and that, um, and that we're, we're trying to make, um, the best possible decisions and giving them the best advice we can to, to limit that stress. But, but to say that, there, that it won't be stressful, I, th- I think that's a little, that's a little naive. It, it will be a little bit stressful, but we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. I think the biggest stress I had was getting our house just like ready. Cause it, it, yeah, it was like, yeah. Hey, tomorrow we're going to have a photographer to the house <laughs> and then we got, we got pictures taken and we didn't even use them. I know. You know, I, I, I remember, yeah, we had somebody like kind of lined up already to buy it. And, uh, I remember we, uh, I, yeah, I, I posted the photos to the MLS, but it was, it was, yeah, we didn't, we didn't really need them, but yeah, it's, it's okay. I'd rather have that happen than absolutely. Yeah. I still do curse Robin every day. The previous owner of my still home. Fi- you still finding some things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I haven't lately, but oh man, that day, the day we closed, I could have like, so the, I told, I've told your story about the, about the paint. Like I couldn't, I can't probably 50 times. I've told that story. Unbelievable. Anyone listening or watching like, so we bought our house. I want to say we, we closed. I think it was August 6th. It was, but, you know, well, the, it was August 6th. Yeah. So the, the prize, you know, I think we had an accepted offer or, or something like that around father's day, which was end of June ish um but so we had we'd been in this this woman's house once or twice loved what we saw and then the day we were we were had a closing i walk in to um you know move our stuff in or do like a a last walkthrough and yeah and then this woman had like these large like entertainment cabinets uh, like a, a giant one on one wall took up the entire wall almost it was, yeah it was like a huge it was probably like eight feet wide it was like this huge like armoire it was enormous yeah and then like another cabinet on a different wall yeah. so now i walk in to do the final walkthrough and they had painted around the cabinets so there's this and we at the time were like oh we're gonna paint this anyways because we were we weren't in love with the color but it went from like we'll paint it in a month to we have to paint it right now we can't yeah. live like this like yeah. it looked like it, it looked like uh like it looked like someone who smoked cigarettes 
all day, every day for a thousand years. And then removed like, cause the paint color was kind of yellowy too. Like, but yeah. it, I just couldn't believe it. I've never seen anything like it, but not that I'm, you know, buying houses every day, but no, that was uh, I, that's in the, you know, every, every agent, right. They say, oh, I'll put that one in the book. That one, that one's going, that one's going in the book. That was a unique situation there where we walked in. It was like, um, so why is there the outline of an armoire on the wall? Like, <laughs> nobody, yeah, not to it, mention we did it. We closed on the sixth. We're supposed to leave for vacation on the seventh. Yeah. So we closed the sixth. I think I started painting either that night or the very next day, and I got a lot done. And then we left a day late for vacation. But there's a lot. There's a few things that she did, like you know, that like kind of like made me mad because she was very nice. Like I don't be wrong. I I mean, she was very nice, and she she was accommodating that she let us a day in a day early. But like, so she's like, oh, do you want anything? Um, do you want to buy anything from me before we? you know, before I get rid of it or whatever. I said, yeah, sure. Um, there's like a, a nice wine rack down here that kind of fit, yeah, yeah. it yeah. fit the wall. Right. Yeah, I, I, I kind of find out cause I, I only saw it like once or twice and I didn't like touch it, but I kind of find out it's like a part of the wall. It's a fixture of the wall. So at that point it's part of the house. Like she couldn't yeah. have taken that with her anyways, but <laughs> she didn't, she didn't let me know that when I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll buy this X, Y, and Z from you. Yeah, and we were we weren't like checking to make sure that that was like built into the wall, right? It was just it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like it's built in. It just looks like a square. Just set in thing. there. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's 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 built in there. Yeah. No, there, I mean, <laughs> every every transaction has some something funny that happens, right? Yeah. But I mean, it's it's that it's one all. was like, that was amazing though. That yeah. that uh, it was like the Kool Aid Man like jumped through the wall. That's what it looked like. It was like oh, God. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it because like. And my wife wants everything done like now, and it's normal. Yeah, and I mean, again, it was bad. Like, we, we there's no way we could like move in. Like, and again, I wish you would have like told us that because we would have been like just like, oh well, can we like get in a day earlier and I'll paint it, or or you know, I would have like tried to attempt to like negotiate the stuff that we bought from her uh, down a bit. Like, like yeah. she was. I think what made me mad is she was very devious. Like, yeah, she knew it was there. <laughs> She yeah. knew that was there. I've never seen. I've just never seen a paint job like that either. Like it was yeah. like, ah, yeah, we'll just we'll just let's just let's not move it. We'll just we'll just go on it. it was, I knew it was heavy. I mean, it was it was definitely heavy. But like, yeah, she had but two. She had two she, young kids. She could have helped her move it. She had, no, but she had yeah. She had big furniture in that room too. But it's a big room, so it was like, you know, it fit the space. But it was um that was that was a unique one. That's yeah. funny. So funny. But we're happy. You know. That's good. Are. No, that always makes me happy when I hear from people. You know, obviously, you, you and I talk regularly, but again, like when I hear from people that, um, you know, I, that I bump into or that, you know, that I that I might see out, um, and they say, you know, I'm 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 so happy with my house. Like I love my house. That that makes me like, you know, because I and I say too, uh, a house is, you know, it's not just four walls and a roof, right? Like it's you're making memories there. It's like where you spend holidays and where you have birthday parties and where your kids live and all these things, right? Like it's 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 an emotional part of your life and so when i hear that someone's home makes them makes them really happy is that that makes me happy too i think it's great yeah i still think you need to write that book or do do a picture book i want you to start taking pictures that's, of, that's what it needs to be a picture book yeah yes a picture book yeah. uh anyone who's been out um looking at around the houses pay attention to like 
things you might see in the garage. Uh, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of pencil sharpeners, like the old school pencil sharpeners on the wall where like you would go to, like you want to show off your new, your new shoes that day or your new outfit. You wanted the girl to see you. You would like, you know, walk up and and crank (laughs) sharpen that pencil up. Uh, And there's one in this garage. I don't even know. (laughs) Yeah, they, oh yeah, that's so yeah, strange. Like, right, you see that in a lot of old houses because that was like you just you know a lot yeah, of older that, like you just that's what you you had one. You know? Well, I think a lot of times like in a lot of times in basements, especially or even garages, I think people like the, the men would use that space to you know build whatever, like whether it was a cabinet or or whatever, and they'd have their their pencil sharpener out there next to them so they could you know use it. But, no, it's when you're a kid, like my, my, my house, when I was growing up was, was an older home and, and uh, we had a pencil sharpener that was, as soon as you opened the basement door, it was mounted on the wall. Yeah. Like the things that I, you remember as a kid, like I thought that was like, that I was like, Oh, every house has one of these. Like, it was just like, I just thought like, that was just such a common thing that, you know, it was like as common as like a stove. I was like, Oh yeah, every house has a pencil sharpener. You just gotta like figure out where it is, you know, like. <laughs> You know, it's coming back. I'm seeing this in some new construction homes, which is cool. Built-in ironing boards. No way. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's a good way to save space. So they're building them in the laundry room, right? And it folds into the wall, and it's covered by a nice cabinet. Makes sense. But yeah, it's like, you look back at some of these things that even 10, 15 years ago, right? You, you would walk into a home, and you'd be like, oh, I can't believe that they had that, right? Like, yeah. but it was totally functional piece of the house and now it's coming back well yeah. i love the the fold-up bed i never had one of those but i mean what a <laughs> it is it's great what yeah. a what a great way to save space it's this bed that folds down it's amazing There's what, so else, cool. what else you seen out there anything weird anything weird um well you have my story so what's what's a story you could share the weirdest thing that i'm seeing is is um is pricing i guess that, <laughs> i guess that's kind of a weird thing right now you know but um, demand is there, you know, it's, it's truly like, you know, I see a lot of people that are negative about the market. Like, Oh, I would never buy now. It's like pr- prices are crazy. They, what I say is prices are certainly higher than what you may have considered them to be two years ago. Right. They, they definitely have, the market's gone up. It's like national average around, around the country is around 18%, you know, year over year. I mean, it's, it's a, when you're talking about 18% of a carton of you know, carton of eggs. Like it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't notice that. But when you're talking about, you know, 18% of a median home price, um, that's a big number. Yeah. And so what we're seeing is, um, you know, prices are certainly up, but interest rates are down. So when you're talking about a, a monthly payment standpoint, which is how a lot of buyers are, are looking at properties, they're like, all right, listen, I'm, I'm my down payment's covered. I'm interested in this price point. This is what I want my monthly payment to be. Um, you know, those dollars because of the low interest rates are, are getting them a little bit more house. And now the prices have sort of caught up with that. Um, so I think as, as interest rates rise, which they're expected to, I think that will curb pricing a hair, but we're also seeing, you know, forecasting that the, the number of buyers uh, are going to stay pretty consistent and the number of sellers are going to stay pretty consistent. So de- the demand is still going to be there on, on the seller side. So it'll be interesting to see. I wish I had a ball to tell me like, what this is going to look like in several years, right? I don't, but as of now, it looks like the market's going to continue to stay strong uh, as a seller's market. So um, I've, I've told people, you know, when, I, when we've had listing appointments, I'm like, what do you, you know, where should we price this? And I'm like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to work to get every dollar out of this house for you. But what I can tell you is 
whatever the market bears for this property now, it's never been better than this. So whatever the, whatever the, you know, if we have five offers and whatever, whatever the best terms or best price or however you want to, however you want to tier them, whatever that is, that's the best it's, that's the best it's probably ever going to be on this house. At least in the last, since the house has been constructed, it's never higher. Could it be higher in three years from now? Certainly. Yeah. If the market continues to, to shift upward and you know, and, and things continue on the path that they've been on. Yeah. But as of right now, this is probably the best it's ever been for selling a home. Yeah. We got lucky. Um, I think yeah. because it was before prices yeah. increased very high and it was still like at the point where interest rates were very low. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got, we got super lucky. The timeline. I think you, I think you did. I think you did buy at a really good time. Like I, I you know, even people that like that bought around the time that you did, like, yeah, you probably have. You're you're probably sitting on equity now that you would have thought. Geez, I I don't know if I'm ever gonna get that right. Like I remember we, ha- we every buyer right. We always have talks like you know what what should the price be? Is this a, is this a strong offer? Am I am I overpaying? Right. All these all these things go through a buyer's mind and and certainly my mind because I always want to represent whatever whatever party that is. I always want to make sure that that their interests are protected. And um and so at the time I remember thinking like. No, this is this is this is a fair offer for this pro- for this property, and 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 you know, luckily the seller agreed to that. But now, like, if your house were to go on the market, right, it'd be it'd probably be significantly priced differently. Yeah. Um, and and, and it would have been probably you know a, a lot of buyers, and you would have a lot more competition. Do you think that you know COVID had a lot to do? I mean, you you talk, you talk about. You know the scenarios with you know election years and interest rates and all that kind of stuff. The, yeah, I mean, the, I feel, and this is—I don't know if I heard this in passing or if it's something I made up in my head—but you know, a lot of people that were living in these big cities were kind of forced out of those cities, and, and they were kind of like forced to explore different living situations. And people are working from home now, so it's not important to go to the office. Do you think COVID had uh, a little bit to do with the, the way things have played out? Definitely. I think, I think what, what we found is a, now I, I do some work in the Poconos, right? Like I, I we have an office in Holly, so I am out there. Uh, I've represented, you know, buyers and sellers on some, some lake properties in that area. And what, what we're finding is, um, that the, the entire, the entire Pocono region, um, is, is absolutely on fire right now from a real estate perspective for, for two reasons. There's a lot of folks from the, from the major Metro areas, right. That are, it's still a reasonable commute in the event that they have to go to the city, right? It's the same type of thing that happened, you know, in the, in the mid to late nineties in the Poconos where there was this giant influx of people. Uh, and then after nine 11, uh, where there, where there were people that were migrating out of the city and, and finding a home in the Poconos and, and going into the city when, when needed with a short commute, the same type of principle is happening with COVID where people are, you know, finding the Poconos again. Um, and they're, you know, uh, a friend of mine, you know, lives in the city, bought a condo, beautiful condo, but paid a lot of money for it. And I, I think a lot of folks that are in that same ballpark budget wise, you know, you can kind of, with a few exceptions, kind of like pick anywhere you want to live in this area for the, for the, for the similar price. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think they, people were finding that, geez, I could either have a, you know, uh, a smaller apartment or, or a townhouse or a condo in New York, you know, for whatever the price was or whatever the price is at that time. Or I could have a, you know, five bed, four bath, you know, home in the Poconos. That's, you know, an hour away. Right. Uh, and, uh, and, and I don't have to deal with, you know, kind of the, the, 
the tightness of the city and, and especially with, with COVID with, with people kind of, you know, wanting to separate them from, from each other a little bit. I, I think the Poconos were, were a great way uh, for that to happen. And, and so we've seen some of that spill over, you know, into the Scranton Wilkesbury market as well. Uh, from an investor standpoint, we're seeing a lot of, a lot of investors from the cities coming into this area and, and buying property uh, as an investment because it's still an, it's still an attractive area to to purchase property for that reason, and, and people are finding that, you know, I've I've long said and I think so of you we, we're, as a, as a realtor and for and and somebody who you know um, has worked with many businesses and 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 offering advice to businesses in, in your career, we've always kind of been you know cheerleaders of of Scranton Wilkesbury for various reasons right. There's always been like you know, everyone wants to rag on certain things, but I think there's, there's a lot of positives, you know, and, and people in our position need to highlight those things. And I think other people are starting to see that now. And, and I, and it's bringing, it's bringing people in from, from, from out of the area, which, which is helpful. And we're seeing a lot of development, right? Like look at some of the things that, that, that Scranton has happening and Wilkes-Barre has happening. I think, you know, I, I think it's, it's taken a little bit of time, but, but logistically speaking too, like we're two hours from Philly, we're two hours from New York. You know, we have 80 and 81, we have the turnpike, we have all the 84, we have all these different ways, you know, for, for businesses to find homes here. And we're seeing now, like some of these large warehouse buildings are being built here and, and large companies are finding homes here. And, um, and that's bringing in, you know, nice paying jobs that are, you know, family sustaining wages. And it's, it's, it's bringing us a boost in the economy and a boost to, you know, housing ultimately. And so um, all those factors, I think combined have helped our market in Northeastern Pennsylvania. And, uh, it's, it's, it's exciting. I'm, I'm really like, I just had a chat with another agent today, uh, about this. And she said, I'm really, I'm just, I'm really excited about, about being an agent here because there's just so, there's just like so much good stuff happening in our area. And also like with what's happening in, in the real estate market in general, um, it's just, it's a good time to be, you know, helping people to buy and sell real estate. I, said, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with you. I think it's great. So I, all those things are, you know, they're, they're, they're positives. And, and I think people are finally, you know, seeing the positives that we have to offer in this area. And it, and it's, it's, it's helping us tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right about just being cheerleaders for the, uh, the area. I mean, John Bastaliga, he is like the champion for Scranton. So he's somebody that he's somebody that, you know, when I talk about what's happening in Scranton, I, I, uh, I recently had an opportunity to meet John and it was the first time I had met him. And, um, what's amazing is that he's 42. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just wildly, wildly, uh, uh, aggressive in terms of what he's, what he's doing. And, and it's amazing. I mean, he does everything top notch. Like there's no, you know, there's no corners that are cut and he wants to put out a good product. And now, you know, he's done so much that, you know, he really wants to continue that reputation. And we had a really, you know, just a really good meeting. There was an, an opportunity that, you know, we wanted to run by him and he was, he was awesome. Like he was like, yeah, I'll come take a look at it. I'm interested. And and we just had, we, we ended up having like a four hour meeting and, and John was awesome. Like he was just, just a really, a really great guy. I was, I was happy to meet him and um, what he's doing for Scranton is, is, is fantastic. He there, and there's several developers in Scranton that are, that are yeah. just doing some stuff, you know, there's really, are. yeah, it's just, it's cool to see. Yeah. And, and, and now there's, you know, there's word, you know, a couple of years out, but there's word that there's going to be a, you know, a rail system to New York. And I know that's been talked about for a long time, but it seems like the funding is actually in place now for that to happen, like within the next five years. Um, and that can only, you know, I think that's only going to mean more good things for, for Scranton and the neighboring communities. I agree. I think we talked about uh, the rail system uh, on a previous podcast with AJ Jump and Joe Burke. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had a good rant about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's been this like thing that's like, it's coming. Right. But you know, I, I actually like, you know, read something in print that was seemed to be like the, the plans were actually in place for this to happen. So I, I'm hopeful that it is. I think it will be really, I think it'd be a really great thing. Be I'd, awesome. I'd, love just, I'd love to enjoy it myself, you know, just absolutely on the train and just get there. That'd be awesome. Great. Yeah. Be great. And I think that the, the uh, there was a campaign that we developed around that whole thing was, uh, I wanted to have, uh, recreational marijuana legalized. Mm-hmm. We were going to start a campaign called pot for potholes. <laughs> Cause on the, the rail system, we would avoid the potholes, but we got to fix the potholes now because there's no rail system. Oh, Pot for pot. Oh, dude, I hit one on the other night on Friday night coming home from uh, an event. Yeah. I, my body hurt. I, I'm like, there's no way that I get home without a bent rim or busted tire. There's no way. There's just no way. I made it. I don't know how, but it's like an immediate, like, I like scream when it happens. Yes. Oh, <laughs> fix the roads, right? Like, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get that far. I just go, oh, <laughs> I know. I know it's, it's, it's uh, <laughs> drives me nuts, right? But it's, it's, they're everywhere. Like there's one on, there's one on like, there's one on River Street and Plains. Have you seen so that? That's the one I had oh, last, I had last week before. There's cones around it now. It's so bad. Before it got that bad. Yeah. It was last Friday. That's the one I got. And it's, you know, and that's such a dark spot on the road. Like if you don't have, you, you could, you could totally just drive into it. Never see, like, <laughs> we may never see you again if that happens, you know, like it's so bad. Dude, and then like I drive like a car. So you're like, you know, you don't have much better response time with the SUV, but at least you're a little bit higher. You can kind of see a little bit further, yeah. but you're driving a car around and Oh God. Your bones hurt. Yeah. It's bad. It really is. Oh, man. But you know, we'll, we'll get it right. I mean, our, our, our neighbors to the North, Southeast and West of us have all figured it out, but here in Pennsylvania with similar climate, we just haven't, we oh. just don't have the right recipe for whatever we're putting in the ground there. I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> Oh man. Well, I'm sure we can go on and talk about, uh, a lot more, but I, we've already taken what it's been like, what an hour and a half now. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's almost two hours. I'm an old man now, so I need to get to bed. Yeah. I understand. Me too. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I'm so happy that you walked through the doors of the weekender way back when, um, I, I mean, I, I said it before and I'm going to have to say it again. Like I, I have to, in some way, take a little bit of credit for the success that people that you know worked for you know you and bridget and there were, there were others you know yeah. sean all, i mean this is a little bit maybe like a point zero 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 three percent but i'm gonna take some all, i think we're all right we're all we're all a little part of the people that we work with and interact with on a regular basis right and so i i, I think that's so totally true right like you know just see like even if it's you know, you were how old? So, how old would you have been in 2007, right? You were probably 22, 20, right? 25. Uh, well, when you were an intern, I was 24. Yeah. Right. But, like, like I said, you were like, you were like my mentor, right? So, you were, you were in charge of us. And I was and, nuts. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, things were, you know, you were Johnny Weekender then, right? Which yeah. is like, listen, that was like your alter ego, different persona, you know? But yeah, it's like, but seeing you inter- like I, I was still learning, you know, I was like, yeah, this guy's, you know, we're having fun on, we're having fun after events and we're going out and this is like, this is great. I'm 21, you're 24, right? Like we're just, we're having a good time, but I was still like, I was still learning like how to interact with clients. And, you know, there was, there was a lot of valuable pieces of that too, that, 
you know, I think, I think shaped my, uh, my outward projection of how I try to interact with people too. I think those early like stages of, of being an, an intern there, um, that was really helpful in my career development. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. I, I, you know, looking back on it, I wish like, it's like, there's like two sides, right? I think it was good for what it was. I wish I was like more knowledgeable or more experienced that I could have like, you know, maybe we went on more sales calls or things or, or, or did like bigger things. I don't, I don't know exactly what I, I would kind of change, but I mean, it was good for what it was. Yeah, definitely was. Yeah. I, and, and, um, uh, the, the, I'm telling you the contacts that I made, you know, during that period, um, it, it, it's helped me exponentially in growing my career because I have comfort level with people that I met 15 years ago through my, you know, my jobs, uh, at that time and my internships at that time that, uh, I would have never met those people had I not been affiliated with the weekender. And so that it's, it's been great. I have a comfort level to call them and say, Hey, you know, Hey, what do you think about this? And I, they're happy to take my call and vice versa. And so that that's really, you know, that's really the, the, the main focal point of how I valued my time there was, was being able to meet so many different influential folks in the business community. That was a, that was a huge thing for me. Um, and I still, and I, you know, I still try to, to, to do that every day, but at 21 years old, meeting some of these people and, you know, bar restaurant owners or, you know, club owners or, you know, just people that were in, in kind of in the social spotlight at that time who have now, you know, maybe they've, they've gone on to, you know, grow their own businesses in, in different capacities, or they've expanded their business, or they've done total, something totally different. Um, you know, it's funny, you see people that were like, you know, uh, you know, bartending and doing this, and all of a sudden, you look at them now, and they're like, that, that we interacted with on a regular basis. And they're like, you know, they're successful in the insurance industry, or, or d- just different things that financial services or just something like, totally different. Um, but we got to meet them at, at a at a time when, you know, they were kind of doing things similar to what we were doing and, and, um, and working at, you know, in a, in, like I said, in a club or restaurant. And now it's um, looking at them from on a, on a, you know, professional standpoint that they're, they're all doing great. And I think there was kind of a circle of people in every area, I'm sure, but, you know, maybe there was, let's say 200 people, right. That we just see each other all the time. And, um, and those are a lot, a lot of those people are, you know, people that are now, you know, friends or clients or peers that I can call or people that are providing complimentary services to what I do for a living. And it's just, it's all gone, it's all gone really well, but it all stems from those relationships during that time. It's amazing how that all works kind of full circle. And yeah, like like what you're saying, you know, people you met there, they're kind of like they were together there and they kind of came together at a different life. Yeah. It was like, and now everybody's kind of like doing things again. And you take a call and you're like, wait, is this the same? (laughs) It's the yeah. same guy that like, you know, and they're like, they sound totally different. They're like, yeah, I have, I have three kids. I'm like, <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's just such a different thing now. Right. But, but all those people, like, you know, you, you meet them during that, that time. It was, it was, it was great. I mean, it, looking back, there was a lot of great things. Um, you know, I'd be on, on, on campus and right. And the weekender would come out. And I remember some of my buddies that were in, in college at the time, they'd be like, you were in the weekender like eight times this week. Like, what do you want? I'm like, yeah, but I was at this event and like there were, somebody was taking pictures. So it was like, you just get in all these photos and it's just funny. They used to bust me about it. Yeah. But that was such a cool thing though. Cause like everyone knew what the weekender was. Like you, you were kind of like, you know, these like, you know, little rock stars. It was like, it was cool. Like, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Well, I, I, 
I don't, uh, you know, I, I, I cherish the time there very much. And it's, it's, you know, I, I it's probably not conducive for a family, but, um, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, hard. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I would have liked to have, uh, made it a little longer after, uh, I was named general manager and I was, the, I, I was there for in that position for a year. And I just kind of saw the writing on the wall, you know, like ownership and all that kind of stuff. And I, I don't even know who owns it now, but at the time it was just, it was real strange. And that was a rocky time. Cause I was around, I was there on the same, the same period a little before mm-hmm. that. It was like, you know, ownership was changing hands. There were things that were happening. Like, you know, directors were coming from out of state. I remember that like as yeah. part of, you know, they were trying to like, you know, make a, make a hub for all the, all the graphic work and yeah. you know, there were screw ups. Right. And so you have something that's happening like from another area and people that you've maybe even never met, you're talking to them on the phone or through email. And like, you've built this long-term relationship with this vendor or venue or service provider or whatever it is. Right. And, um, their ad gets screwed up because somebody in another state kind of like didn't follow directions and and then, then that affects their relationship with you. It just, that's exactly why. See, that's like, I, I feel like I've told you the story and I, I, I haven't, but that was why. But no, but like, I could see that. Ha- I could like see it happening. And I was yeah. like, this is bad. Like, this it was is- real bad every week. You know, some of the people that I, and I spent like nine years building trust and, 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 you know, all that for nine years. I'm like, I'm not going to let this company from North Carolina or the hell it was ruin yeah. that in the course of three months. Like, this is insane. I remember just saying every, every week it was like, I'm sorry your ad ran wrong, or I'm sorry it was, you know, you paid for color and it ran black and white, or whatever it might be. You name it. It's just like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not. Yeah. Just, I'm not. yeah. But yeah. it's funny too. A lot, of, a lot of people like that were at that, you know, the Times Leader, you know, ended up, you know, I, I went to Times Shamrock, which owns the uh, uh, Citizens Voice, Scranton Times, and the radio station. I went to the radio stations, but a lot of people from the Times Leader, you know, kind of transferred over, uh, yeah. you know, shortly after that. And then there's some, there's still some great people at the times leader now. And I, I never want to, I never want anyone to think that I'm speaking poorly about the current staff that's there. When I do these podcasts and talk about the weekender and talk about the, the time, then it just, you know, because they're all doing the best they can. They're doing great work. You know, you have Carrie O'Neill who's. Yeah. You know, I know. I'm just, so happy for Carrie. She's yeah. like, she's awesome. And she's doing a great job there. And yeah. I'm seeing some new initiatives coming out, which are awesome. And yep. I mean, I wish her all the success there. I think, I think she's, she's absolutely working her, working her butt off to, to make that a, a great product again. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, you know, a great story too. I mean, she was a sales rep at one point, you know, like, and she kind of worked her way up, but um, yeah, I never want anyone to mis- misconstrue what I'm saying about, you know, it just, yeah, like, there's no, no, I don't think any ownership that we, that I discussed during that time is currently involved now, but yeah, it was a weird, it's a weird industry to, to try and navigate for sure. But yeah, it's it's um, it's had its challenges as as any as any industry has. That's that the the way in which information is is coming to you is changing. It's hard to predict how that happens, and so you have these like, right? Like, newspaper industry has to battle against you know social media sites as a as a means for people to access their news, right? Which is what's happened, mm-hmm. and um, you know primary interaction i'm sure I, I don't know for sure but i'm guessing speculating that primary interaction for news stories happens with you know social media posts and yep. uh, and so they're getting their news there and that's how people are finding out information and so they have to you know that's a third party source that they're not directly 
you know, all they're doing is, you know, posting information to a third party site. Um, so it's, it's just different how that information is disseminated is different. It's, you know, I remember there was a time when there was a, there was the, a feeling of like, we need to attract the most, you know, the web views, right. We're extremely important, right. We need to attract the most traffic, but like looking back on it, like, and, and now knowing that there are different products available where you can, you know, sponsored ads and sponsored posts and things like that through social media, you know, that should have been the, that should have been a huge part of the, the focal point and knowing that this is where eyes are. Like, even, even if you asked folks in our age, you know, demographic, you would say, where do you go for your news? Like, where are you finding your news? And they're like, well, I'm, I may or may not be using the, the direct website of the, of the news channel, but I'm certainly following their social media pages and I'm seeing those posts. Right. And, and so I think growing that following should have been, you know, such, such a big piece. I remember thinking at the time there was, um, there was like a local newscaster who had like three times the amount of followers as the times leader newspaper as a whole. And I was like, this is like, this is like something that we should be look like we need to be looking at this, like this one, like this one person who's like a weatherman on WNEP has three times the amount of followers yeah. as an entire newspaper, right? Like it was just something that was eye opening that, you know, we need to be focusing our efforts on, on growing this, this target because that's, that's where people are going for their information now. And um, I think that, I think certainly now they're doing, a, this is now, you know, 10 years later, I think they're now doing a significantly better job of that. Yeah. Let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> well, buddy, I mean, uh, pool season will be here before we know it. Looking forward to that. You know, we could, we can text each other about uh, the, the pool issues that we're most likely going to have. I definitely need a liner. I hope you don't. Yeah, my, I'm. I'm. I'm hoping oh, I get to this year. It's probably, it's probably time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping I get to this year because uh, I don't know. But I mean, I, we talk about it all the time. We, we, you know, we talk about getting together with the kids. Um, we got to do it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sick of seeing you guys at Aldi. <laughs> I know. I regularly every, like, every regular, time like, trip. Right? Every time I go, I'm like, I wonder if we'll see Carmen and the family. <laughs> Sometimes I'll almost text you, like, "Hey, you know, want to see you today?" You yeah, you should. Yeah, no, but no, seriously. If like, obviously, if if the uh, if the reality series is not filmed during the time that you're supposed to go to Florida, like, we will be there the 19th through the 28th. Oh, that's perfect. That's like the exact same time, like we talked about. That's what I'm saying. So the 19th, yeah. That's I don't incredible. know. I don't know which day we're, you know, planning on going yet, but we can we can definitely do that in the latter half of the trip. That way, we can make an arrangement to meet you guys. Which would be yeah, cool. Amanda's got everything already like mapped out. I mean, she's <laughs> you got your meals set. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess you have to, especially with you know COVID and the way things are. So you have to have like re- be really prepared. So uh, once we get the finalized uh, itinerary, I will do my best to share that with you. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean. I want this to happen because I mean, I think that regardless of like, I made it to the end, I, you know, they, they say it's a life changing amount of money. I haven't got a, I haven't got a, like a, an actual dollar amount, but I mean, I think. You Is know, it like a contest like for the winner or like you're, they're giving you this regardless. How does this work? Or do you have no idea? It would be, it would be like you know, a, a challenge. It would be challenges. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, even if I got like, you know, if I wasn't the, even like, you know, the first to be voted off, I think being on it in general would, would be uh, slightly life-changing. So 
Oh, definitely. Or maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. Who knows? Well, I think I think anything that you any, I think anything is, you know, any experience is life changing in some way, right? Like you'll yeah. you'll undoubtedly like, you know, meet new people and meet people that are you know will provide something of value to your life at some point. And um, I think it's I think it's amazing. You know, I I, uh, I hope it all works out. I'm surprised I got this far. I really am. I mean, the fact that they, they want to keep investing in this because like I I have to believe that these people who seek you know, contestants out, they probably, I would imagine they probably get like some kind of commission off of like, if their person that got picked, like makes it to like the show or whatever, because they I do a lot to like, like prepare never, you. I never even thought of that. Like it's like a hunger games coach. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. I never even thought of that, that that could be like, but yeah, the, you know, the, you know, they're saying like we need this, we need that and blah, blah, blah. And, photos and videos and yada 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 so it's like i would imagine that they you know if their person moves on to the you know or maybe they're just trying to get you know 20 people and hopefully one gets through i, I don't know i have no idea we'll see what happens i'm, I'm just surprised that it's, it's every so time do, i'm like oh they, this 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 won't go past this this level and do they're you calling know me. people are like left in the in the uh, I have, I have, dude i have no idea i just like i said the the, the uh zoom call was a couple of days ago, and then it's like for like a, a reel that they'll share with the producers, I guess. But uh, hopefully, I haven't spoken too much about what I'm not supposed to talk about. But I haven't said the, the name or yeah. the network or anything like that. So we'll see. But I'll be, I'll be back. I'll be back in you know midsummer, maybe. Oh, so it's like also like six weeks, maybe or eight. Yeah, weeks. maybe I don't know. That's, that's ish. So I'll be back. We'll see. I'll come back. Or maybe they all, not. They all come back. Yeah. Yeah. All right, buddy. This has been fun. Yes. Always enjoyable. I love catching up with you. We have, well, you know, we just, we always keep each other entertained with some different stories going on. And I love it. So. Yeah. This is kind of PG for, you know, most of our conversations in that, you know, we like to pick on our kids because they, yeah. as much as we love them, they, <laughs> they're funny. Like, like Charlie, I'm telling you, I just have to get this out. So Charlie's our, she's our two-year-old. I mean, he is so, like the cutest kid. He's so lovey, but man, is he, he is so challenging. Like he keeps us re- every day is something with him. Like he's Jack was just not this way, right? Like Jack, you could be like, all right, man, we're going to hang out for a little bit. We're going to do this. And he'll listen and he'll kind of like right. just go along with the flow. <laughs> you know, it's funny. The best way I can describe our children, the, 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 the difference, for example. So one of, one of Jack's uh, uh, preschool buddies had a party at Sky Zone. So he was invited and they said, when, when you come up, bring Charlie with you. Okay. Let's bring Charlie. So have you been there with Lincoln? Have you seen what the setup is in there? I was there once. Yeah. Same, same thing. He was there for a birthday party. Yeah. Yeah. So you know how there's like, there's like the, there's like a big pit, right? With the yes. foam box. Yep. And then there's like two balance beams that are going across the whole length of the thing. Yeah. So beams, right? So Jack is on all fours crawling about three inches at a time across sure. the balance beam. Charlie is on the balance beam next to him. We have a video of this. It's amazing. 
I said, there has never been a, a better display of the difference of our children than this right here. So Jack is crawling, hands and knees, three inches at a time. Charlie gets a running start from the back of the platform and runs out onto the f- balance beam and just like super fly Jimmy Snuka <laughs> into the like into the ball pit. And I was like, this is unbelievable. This is exact this is the exact description of our kids. Yeah. I and I think that happens a lot with like the second child right like the first one's kind of like all the attention's on them you're you're able to kind of like you know watch them more and say hey don't do this do that yada 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 the second kid has to try and play catch up that's it everyone everyone i've told this 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 like story to and like the difference of our kids are like yeah mine were the same exact way the second kid was always just a little bit bit challenging wild child just trying to keep up yeah cool fast track to destruction He's a tornado. That's good. And, and, he, and like, it's so funny, you know, like all of Jack's clothing, I'm serious. All of it. Charlie was seriously able to wear it because it was like, in just such good condition. Like Jack was not at all hard on his clothes. Like, mm-hmm. you know how kids are too. They grow out of stuff so fast. Like he'll wear it three, four times and yeah, it's gone. It's done. So we had all these clothes saved and, and Charlie was able to wear them. One of uh one of one of Jesse's uh best friends just uh um they had a baby boy. And uh she was like, I I feel so bad. Like there's nothing that I can give to him because Charlie <laughs> has ruined everything. Like he has ruined every piece of clothing, everything. As soon as he grows out of it, it's done. Like he is- <laughs> <laughs> you gave me handy handy downs that I know no one's getting these. Oh my God. I'm like, you can't, yeah, you can't give, you can't give these people. Are you kidding? <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's significantly different on how they are. And oh, Charlie yeah. right here, I'm sure you can see on the right here. Every one of Charlie's shirts now right here about this size has a giant stain on the shirt. <laughs> and I'm like, I couldn't figure out at first. I'm like, what is with the stain on the <laughs> side of Charlie's shirts? And what, it, what it is, the kid loves apples. Oh, actually, you probably see him at Aldi. He always has an apple because we have to go yeah. in there. And as soon as he sees them, we have to open a bag and give yeah. him one. He's yeah, like, those guys. Yeah. We have, like, yeah, we have to give our kids food at the store. <laughs> we're going to so, open up. <laughs> yeah. So he he puts, he puts takes an apple. He takes he bites the whole skin off the one, like, one side of it. So like you know, he, so he's, now he's getting into the apple. And then he, he holds it like a baby on his chest. Like he won't <laughs> let go. So he carries it around. This will go. He'll eat an apple for an hour. It'll go on like this. And he just holds it right here. So I figured out now all of his shirts are stained from the apple juice <laughs> he, that he squeezes against his shirt for an hour straight every time he has one. God, I'm like, that's so tired. funny. So that's funny. so funny. Lincoln was eating an apple the other day and he's like, typically I'll, I'll peel it and then I'll cut it up and give it to him. Well, he decided don't peel it. I'm going to eat it like, you know, an adult. Like a whole one, or like you cut yeah. it up? Like yeah, like a whole oh, one. Let's you know, do a Charlie. Give a two-year-old a whole apple, and then he's like, he's got a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so he he just starts to bite the skin off of it and spit it onto his plate. I'm like, buddy, just let me just let me peel it for you. <laughs> like, like, what are you doing? This is not this is not getting you to the, the place you want to be any faster. Like this is this, yeah, no, it, it's these little bites. He's like, eh. like, oh my god. Yeah, they're so funny, man. I, I I always say I wish I did the whole dad thing earlier. It's, uh, it's definitely a young man's sport, no doubt about. <laughs> it. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm terrified of being the old the old dad too. 
you know? Yeah. But, yeah, but you know, what? in hindsight, like, I, I feel like we both did it at a, you know, pretty good time. Like, it, oh, I mean, like, you know, we, we had to do things how we did them for you know, different reasons. She was in school for a thousand years. You know, we had, a, we had a, you know, a really great time just enjoying each other. And, you know, um, I wouldn't trade that for the world. You know, I remember even like we were, we were outside of our friend's house and we were talking about children. And I, I remember saying like, you know, we, once we have kids, like we're not going to be doing this. And uh, she's like, yeah, but I think if we don't, we're going to regret it. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm on board with that. I'm on board with that too. I mean, there's, you know, it's not for everyone. Right. And I'm never like, I never judge people that are like, ah, I don't want kids or right. Like I'm like, Oh no, yeah, cool. Like, yeah, I'm like the least judgmental person when it comes to most things, but certainly that, like, I'm like, yeah, it's not like, it's a huge decision that, you know, it's not, you know, just cause you're a young couple doesn't mean like you have to have kids. It's not, it's, yeah, it's what you want to do. Right. But, um, but for us, you know, like I knew that we, you know, we always wanted to have kids and, um, it, it's it's amazing and challenging and frustrating and awesome and right like it's got all these emotions tied to it and uh and and for my you know for my wife um oh i didn't i want to talk about her business for a second oh cool um, yeah well so so my wife um during the pen this was a pandemic business right we should, we're talking we're talking a lot about like people that are working from home or or right this is like um a lot of sh- a lot of shifting in terms of businesses and what different people are doing so at the time so charlie was born January of 2020. So two months before the pandemic. So when, when, when that all happened, my wife was still on maternity leave. So during that period, she was like, you know, I'm seeing these videos online. Like I'm really like interested in making these earrings and they were made out of polymer clay. So I was like, yeah, babe, like we're home all day. Like, why not? Like it's a little hobby that you could start or, you know, learn how to do it. Like, I think I fully support it. Like, go get what you need. This is cool. Let's do it. So she started doing it and she made a few pairs and then like, I, you know, I went back to work and she got a call from her employer who at the time there were still like, uh, she was a physical therapist, elective surgeries were still like not happening. And, um, she was seeing a lot of like the geriatric population and they were saying like, yeah, we just don't want you coming into the house. Right. Cause they were, you know, they were concerned with, with COVID and rightfully so. So the census for her company, meaning like the amount of pe- patients that they had on staff um, or, or on their, uh, on their, um, their census numbers w- was significantly down for multiple reasons. So her employer called her and said, Hey, Jess, like, you know, we're, we're in a position that we can, we can offer you, you know, an extended maternity leave. Basically what we can, we're going to have to lay you off, but we'll extend your maternity leave because that's just what, what's happening in our business right now. And are you okay with that? And she was, you know, of course she was like ecstatic. She was like, no, I get to spend more time with the baby and yeah, this is wonderful. Yeah. So she really kind of like doubled down on, on the, on the thought of like making earrings at that time. And so she, uh, she said, I think I'm going to post these online and see if there's any interest. She had maybe, maybe had like 10 or 15 pair. I can't really recall. And within like five minutes they were sold. Hmm. And I was like, wow, there was a lot of interest there. So then the next thing that she did was like kind of a themed line. Um, and she had, I don't know, maybe 30 or 40 pair at that time. And then same thing happened, like 15 minutes, they were all sold. And so lo and behold, that's now, you know, trickled into, you know, growing it from nothing. She has, you know, this, this great business um, where, she, where she's making these earrings full time. 
Um, and, uh, and her business is called Geminos Handcrafted Jewelry. And Geminos is actually Latin for twins. And the reason that she named it that is because she is actually a twin. Oh, okay, uh, cool. So it's got a, you know, it's got a, a nice meaning behind it as far as, you know, her family goes and our, and our family. And so, um, it's, it's just, it's, it's gone from, from, you know, an idea that she had to, you know, now she's, she's doing this full time and, you know, um, it, it's been, it's been wonderful and she's able to, you know, work from home and, um, and be with the kids more and, um, and support me in my real estate career, which is always important. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to that's awesome just talk about that just cause it was a, uh, something, uh, you know, COVID related, like startup that I'm seeing a lot of people saying, you know, Hey, I had time to kind of rethink what I wanted to do with my life. And you just, know what, dude, um, yeah. I'm gonna have to tell you this. <clears throat> when are you or your wife going to start uh, using services from me or my wife? Because you know, how many houses have we bought from you? And my wife All right. <laughs> is buying your wife's <laughs> earrings. I know. I know. I see that. But I'm like, it's like uh, a one way street. Carmen's taking, or winter's taking advantage of the populace. Come on. No, no, I don't. I don't. I certainly don't want to do that. I know. So. I'm, I'm only kidding. No, I've got no, nothing no. to offer you. No, no. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always trying to, I'm always trying to send clients to you for I'm kidding. I'm kidding. For, for, for print work, you know, but I'm only kidding. It's just funny because yes, my wife has been uh, a, a buyer of the earrings several times. You know, kind of you know what I want, actually. I, I kind of want like that. All right, so the hat that you're wearing, yeah, Richardson. You can't find it anywhere. I have one. I have one Richardson hat, which I love. It's my favorite yeah. hat. They're great hats. Yeah, it's like super comfortable. Mm-hmm. Look of it. It it's fits nice, right? The the height is perfect. Right, right. It's got like. You know, and these are things that like you're, you're, you know, I don't know. Maybe I think too much about hats or something, but no, I mean, not at all. All right. So, so what I want is like that hat, but like, so I want our, I want our, on our, our Lewis and Freeman LF logo, but in like, I want the whole thing in like matte black, just one color. Mm-hmm. So if I, okay. can order, if I can order those from you, I want to make that happen. Well, like I said, trying to find a Richardson hat right now is like nearly impossible. Wow, what's this, what's the story? Like what? They used to, they used to manufacture like millions of hats a month, and then with COVID and stuff on ships, like they haven't been doing anything. It's terrible. Trying to find inventory on clothing right now is insane. Is Not that, to I, mention, we didn't even talk about that. Is that like a challenge that you guys are facing? Oh or? yeah. Not to mention the uh, price increases across the board. Like just you know, blanks in general. Um, you know, since I started a year ago, they've doubled in, in cost. Double. You know, ink has increased. Um, obviously, labor has gone up. Um, it's everything. It's, it's it's insane. Yeah, and ultimately, right? Like, you know, that gets passed on to the consumer because business needs to stay open. And yeah, how else is that going to happen? And, you know, and it's a it's a it's a trickle effect all the way down, right? It's a, yeah. it's, it's everything. You know, and the same thing with like, you know, lumber was crazy for a while. It's come down. Yep. But there was a period where, where it was wild, you know, and, and uh, it certainly had an effect on you know, prices of, uh, you know, of, of new construction homes. And I was talking with some builders and not so much lately, but about a year ago, you know, they were building homes. And this is kind of crazy to think they were having issues with new construction uh, because, of, you know, when buyers were going and they were uh, applying for financing on the new construction property, right, it has to, it has to meet appraisal standards in order for the bank to lend the money. And what was happening was 
it was costing so much to build the house that the lenders were not able to appraise the properties appropriately because there were no comparables at that price per square foot to <laughs> give the, to give the buyer the money. So it was a it was a challenge that you know buyers were having to either you know bring more or they were they were having to like maybe make concessions on what they were doing with the house itself to you know finish some things later um, to make the pricing work. You know it was just a lot of uh, a lot of challenges that you wouldn't normally see. Um, but these types of things were coming into play because of the the cost of materials were so much that you know the builder had to they can't work for free either. So right, they had to they had to make a margin on it too. Yeah, I remember that you know they said you know two weeks to to flatten the curve, and I was just like this is going to be bad. This is going to be bad for and it's it's just going to be bad for a long time. It's it's just, just going to have such a long term impact that I don't think people are even like thinking about right now. It's crazy. I I remember thinking that when they were like when the economy essentially like shut down, like no one's, no one's doing anything. I remember thinking like, there's going to be really, really, really bad long-term effects of this. Like even mm-hmm. like, you know, hitting the pause button, even for whatever, I don't remember how long it was, but if it was a month, right. How long was it like that? We couldn't like <laughs> leave the house. Do you remember? I don't remember. I, that. I mean, I was, I was working from home for almost three months, two and a half months. Yeah. So, I mean, it was probably, Two months, maybe. I don't know. It was around two months, I think. I remember it was it was like mid March to like yeah, it was like Mother's Day. It was like it was definitely around that time where you could kind of like rejoin society again. And for whatever reason, like my wife and I, we always you know during that period it was like God, it was like Groundhog's Day every day, Um, right? Like it was like yeah, we there's only so much you could do. The weather was terrible. I remember Mm -hmm. I remember feeling like it was like forty and cloudy for like six straight weeks. It's just like the weather was not break. And uh, it was like, oh, what are we going to do? Let's say uh, we'll take the boys for a walk with the dog. We'll do that twice a day. <laughs> right. It was like a lot of walks. There was just not, yeah, there was just not a lot going on. You couldn't really go anywhere. And it, it was, it was challenging. Um, and, uh, and I remember thinking like the economic effects, um, this is going to, this is going to be really bad. And so I think a lot of that is now, you know, starting to come to light a little bit. Yeah. As far as the long term, the longer term effects, but um you know, I think it was that yeah, that two weeks was that was a little naive. I think it was it was I wasn't expecting two years. Um, no, how about it? We're, we're two years removed from the the start. Like, how that crazy! Doesn't, that doesn't seem possible. And and I think back on it, like that's been like that's been Charlie's whole life has been the pandemic, right? Like, it's, and, and and like your son, right? Like two years ago, it's like he was still like you know he's in diapers, right? Like he's a baby. Yeah. yeah. And I was I was reading something somewhere like uh, like children now are having like speech delays because they are wearing masks with you know like in class and shit like that so like they're not able to see uh, the mouths of other children talking so it's causing like speech delays. Wow! I never would have thought about that. Never. You know, it's it just it's crazy. It's crazy to think about how like you know we as people and humans like we learn from watching others, you know, like you know, how to mouth words and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess without being like a speech therapist, I would have never thought there was a correlation with that, but, but it makes sense now that you say it out loud. Like, I'm like yeah, yeah I would, that would make sense. Well, that's I don't, know where, I don't know where I saw that, but I mean, if I, if I'm making it up, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense to me though. Hopefully that's uh hopefully that's something that uh, is, quickly correctable and that yeah. you know, just a delay that's not like a long-term thing you know yeah yeah i mean i think we're gonna see a lot of issues like you know 
the kids that are, you know, we're in high school and even like elementary school and junior high, like the effect that this is going to have on, you know, two years of their life uh, under homeschooling and masks and whatever it might be. It's just, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but, it is. Well, I'm starting to see, I'm starting to see now even our local schools are, are starting to have a, a, a kind of removing the mask mandate, making it uh, uh, optional. Um, be interesting to see what, what effect that has, if it's positive, negative. I mean, I certainly have no data to go off of to write the information either way, but it'll, it'll just, uh, just something to talk about that. Yeah. That, that's starting to happen locally. This will be in the history books for sure. Oh, it will. Yeah. <laughs> It definitely will be. Maybe yeah. this whole thing. Maybe we're just this is just a giant experiment, government experiment. I, I hope not. Would... <laughs> Did you imagine that? Holy shit! I hope not. <laughs> oh, God, no. it, it would that would that would be like that would be. You know what though? Here, truthfully, how how would that ever even come out to be that 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 was like? Uh, what I'm getting at is, right now, now there's there's so much negativity with mainstream media that like if that were even to come out as a story like i can actually believe it yeah people wouldn't like it's terrible to say that but it's like even like what you would consider like trusted news sources like there would be there would be such opposition from from whoever you know whoever disagreed with that that there, there would there would be just no way to there would be there, there no one would ever really know the truth we don't and they I mean they dropped aliens on us and no one even batted an eye yeah, <laughs> you know, like, eh, whatever, sure, if you say so. I don't know. Yeah, it's a crazy world. Yeah, that's that's the that's the gist. So we could talk all night, I'm sure. But we could, um, dude. We could. I might piss my pants. Well, don't do that. I've been I've been chugging water all day. I can't I can't get hydrated. The the whole that. Those six hours of my life spent in the bathroom was. That had to be a scene in there. You have to have to light it on fire. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, where do I have a bucket? Like, can I use this garbage can? Like, I can't do both at the same time. Yeah, I haven't been that sick in years. It's probably been over a decade. It was. You know, you know what? I, I have to give it. I have to give a shout out to a new friend. That I told her I was I was going to be doing this podcast with you. She said. See if Johnny needs to sleep in the treehouse anytime soon. <sighs> Doherty. I'm sure you'll. <laughs> yes. I'm Doherty. Sure you'll... Yes. Doherty. Yep. Where'd yeah. you see her at? She said, ask Johnny about the treehouse. Oh, that was a mess. Where'd you see her at? I can't tell you, but I. You can't tell me. All right. Good old Joe. Good old Tom and Joe. Yep. Yeah. All right. So Joe said. I'll, I'll text them later. I said, yeah, we, I know, you know, John. And I said, actually, I'm going to see John on Thursday. I said, I hope you do. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. You waited, you, you waited till like the, the two and a half hour mark. <laughs> I'm going to tell her, listen, just fast forward. Like, no, I got to watch all of it, Joe. <laughs> Yo, and she only knew. And we, we were young. We were young hanging out at their house. Yeah. She said, you were you TJ, your mom, buddy, <laughs> and we'd like bust on his dad too. Like she's a very attractive woman, right? And uh, <laughs> we weren't shy about that to his father or him. And he and his dad would just like he would just like punch us like in the arm, like just like for looking the wrong way. 
just like a hard punch too. Yeah, like yeah. you know, just keeping us in check. You know, it was the best. And they're good people. You friends like that, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, all right, Our, man, this has been fun. Yes. Always good to catch up. Always. If there's anything you need, vice versa. I know you're. you're oh, I know you don't need anything from me, so that's for sure. <laughs> Me and me will buy another house or a man will buy another pair of earrings. No big deal. Yeah, yeah keep buying. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. Nice. We got to do the uh, the get together with the kids. So and we will. Um, no, really. Keep me in mind with the uh, with the Disney trip. That would be amazing. For sure. I'd love to hang out with you guys for a day. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, I'm proud of you for everything you've accomplished. And uh, I expect to see more great things down the, down the road. Very good. I appreciate it. All, right, All right. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. All right see you.